All right, here we go. Check, check, motherfucker. You better do this. All right, you got you got your shit set up correctly this time. Oh, okay. so this is me now. Yeah, it's always it's always this you, is producer, Mister Mister Producer. The producer says the podcast. <laughs> the producer the fucks up the podcast. I mean, I'm a if I'm a producer and a star, I'm a pro. See, star. I'm the star. <gasps> you're the producer. But I'm a you're star the guy too. that works behind the scenes, and they just skip your parts and listen to mine. Th- nobody has developed this freaking mic skip button. Yeah. Just because you got a fucking brand new hot shit mic doesn't mean that like you're better than me. Are you jealous? I am jealous. I think there was a bit my of mic, jealousy. my mic still isn't here yet. I didn't even do anything. I just bought the mic and it I came know. in. I hooked it up. There's it looks to be all fucking about. super perfect. You look like your PewDiePie over there with your little pop filter. Look at oh that shit. God, I don't need no pop filter because I got a fucking razor headset. No. Fuck you. Are you promoting razor now? Are you trying? <laughs> That's are you, right. Are you? That's right. Give my money. Give my money. Razor, razor, razor. <laughs> Five out, of five, five out of five. Yep. Would, would recommend. Would recommend, but not for podcasts. Hey, give me your best shepherd recommendation of the razor. No. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Commander Shepherd, and I'm a sponsor of Razor. Money, 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 money. No, no you got to be like, I'm Commander Shepherd, and this is my favorite headset on the Citadel. There you go. There you go. I like that name, by the way, the Citadel. I always like to just. Yeah, like you'll, you'll never hear it again. Speaking of the Citadel, oh yeah, we're gonna segue straight wait. into this Mass Effect talk. You couldn't wait. Oh, Why man. aren't you a fucking Mass Effect? I, I fucking we... just blew a load straight in my pants hey, as hey, soon hey, as hey, I got hey, that hey, thing pre Can we get some sponsorship? Yeah, I love Andromeda. Yeah, that's how you sound. Oh, I, I haven't even played it yet. But it looks fucking it. cool as shit. Mm-hmm. And I do like that they've kind of, uh, it's a more of an adult tone for Bioware, and it looks like it's going to be, looks like it's going to be massive. Pause. Let's get, let's get the welcome in. Hello, everybody. Event. Welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. And we're here to talk about game stuff. All right. So you want to talk about Andromeda, by all means, take the floor for a bit, because. <laughs> uh-huh. Andromeda's going to be awesome. It's going to be totally fucking awesome. You're going to get to ride around your little fake Mako and squash fucking people's fucking Mass Effect 1. Uh, the Mako is the best vehicle of all time. Hammerhead sucks. I'll agree on both accounts. You know, fight me. <laughs> I'm not going to. Oh, you mean them? Yeah, yeah. please, everybody fight Adam. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm totally going to punch Ego Raptor in the face. Besides looking at the... You and this Ego Raptor... I don't even... I've never even met the dude. We'd probably get along. You like punch Game right Grumps. In face. You like the ego, You like sequelitis stuff. You like I liked act. it up until, like, all the shit went down with fucking... John, John Tron. Tron. Are you still salty over that? Yeah. I am too, but you know they made up, right? Mm-hmm. I bet they did. I mean, I mean... I bet well, they made all the way up. I mean, I follow them enough to know that they made a video together after the fact, but, I mean, I don't know if they, like, called each other, hey, bro, everything's all good. Nah. Pretty sure, Jontron's still salty. Did you watch Game Grumps back when it was, when it was Jontron and Aaron? Yeah. Did you watch it now that it's? No. No. Nope. I was gonna say you need to. Once they start doing all that steam train bullshit and all that, and they just started coming out with thought. Yeah. Eventually, it was like you know, neither fucking John Jontron left, and Aaron just never fucking appeared on the damn thing. They left it to two scrubs. Mm-hmm. The, the scrub patrol took it over. Bear, you talking became, about became game scrubs? 
I, what I was saying was, is you should watch some of the newer stuff. That way you have a perspective because you never yeah. know. Maybe you'll like Danny. I got the the perspective that, you know, they were a bunch of scrubs. I will say, I'm throwing this out there as my own personal opinion. As somebody who still watches Game, Grum- Game Grumps to this day, uh-huh. I do prefer John Tron and Aaron. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I'll watch I watch all the stuff with Danny too, but I mean if I had to choose between the two, I miss their dynamic. I miss I miss John on the show, bottom line. Yeah. But we're not talking about John Tron and Aaron, who you really you really actually deep down wish you could meet him and shake his hand and get some advice oh, from I him. I would shake yeah. more than his hand. Adam, you can't go from I wanna punch him in the face to I wanna grab I his wanna dick. knock him the fuck that. out and molest him. Those are my, is those that are with my goals. Spot? So last one, it was kill the cancer kids. Now it's That's you want right. to knock now out I'm Aaron molesting Hansen. Molesting John this, this goes. This and Aaron. Is, this is permanent. You understand yes. this. So I'm on record. Eight years down the road, when you get a chance at some convention like, to meet Aaron, you're gonna be like, he's going to be like, wait a minute. You're that dude that wants to knock me before out. Before he and, even gets to like oh, the half the sentence out, the chloroform will be in his face. Is that your new? Your, yep. He'll wake up new, with duct tape all around his mouth in the back line? of a van. That's your new pickup line. Yep. Check out this, this rag. Does this rag smell like chloroform to you? Bam, done. Funny. So anyway, you were. What? Tell me some of the things that are appealing to you about what you have seen and know about Mass Effect Andromeda so far. I like the fact that it's going to be like open world. I like the fact that they brought back the overheating weapons. Thank God. Oh man, it's going to be an option, from what I've seen. Um, I like the fact that now we're going to have a new story. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the fact that now we're going to have a, you know, a new cast, and they got they got rid of the whole Paragon Renegade aspect of it, and now you just have straight interrupts. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So not like the interrupts that are already there. Right. Yeah, it's not going to be like okay. Well, this is a guaranteed good interrupt, you know, or this is a guaranteed bad interrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to walk up and punch a dude in the fucking gut because he's being an asshole, might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. It's just going to make the scene play out in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you know, you start to get into the more morally shades of gray because they've been kind of doing this whole Paragon thing since before Mass Effect. Even they did it back in the you know nicely old Republic days. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of you know. You either go blue or you go red. So you pick which one when you want to do. Now it's not going to be that way. There's not going to be a bright blue option that you just automatically fucking pick. Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. So you're going you're gonna to get to see a whole lot of that stuff. You get to see new races. You know, a couple of the old races are going to, there's a fucking Turian female. Wow. Well, it's wow to you, but they through three games they hadn't showed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it so. was it was only a semi sarcastic wow. Uh huh. Uh huh. Semi it's just super sorry. I saw your face. I mean, it's more people, like you can try to fool the people at home, but you can't fool me. Well, the people at home couldn't see me making the fucking jack all post. Yeah, no, no, they could. Oh boy, he was like, oh god, oh boy, priest pre order now. Get yeah. your Turian bra in for <laughs> you. That's right. I'm gonna cosplay as a Turian female. What I want to know is something that we won't know, which they won't spoil, at least I hope they don't, is I want to know if the ending to this is going to have... Going back to Chrono Trigger again, how many endings were there? 13? Four? Is 11? 11. So a game that was, what are we talking, 20-something years old had... 
13 arguably very I mean 11 arguably different endings we live in an age where new technology new mm. memory capacity new programming abilities new ways to tell story and especially having diverse stories that branch off in all kind of fucking directions mm-hmm. they need to give me they need to give me more than three than four endings yeah if, when andromeda 3 well, uh, maximum everybody. final impact happens the ending needs to be about hey, three, here's the not four oh i mean we can save this for the mass effect oh yeah episode but i mean if you take a look at the way mass effect 3 ended okay they fucked it up i'm not gonna lie they fucked it up but they did go oh wow look at this massive backlash let's try to fix it as best we can they listened to the fans Mm -hmm. who were outraged and they put out a dlc to fix it okay so that means that they gave a shit. Yeah. They might have fucked up, but they gave a shit. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Okay, uh, and I give them points for that. And I also give them points for making several really good games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, games that I enjoyed. I mean, you know, they they give me a good game. I say, okay, I owe them the next game. Right. They give me another good game. Okay, well, now I owe them two games because they've given me two good games. Yeah. You know, they give me a shit game. Okay, I knock one off. I played that one. It wasn't any good. You know, happened with Dragon Age 2. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, there's still two or three games up on my scale. That's uh, I still I still owe Bioware the benefit of the doubt two or three more times before I call it quits. That's my mentality on a lot of games, on a lot of game franchises, on a lot of game companies. Uh, it's kind of the same approach that a lot of people have to the Marvel Cinematic movies right now. They're like, oh, if they came out right now, think about think about back in the day whenever they said they were gonna, hey, Doctor Strange movies coming out. Now, not only were they trying to push this for people. To people that don't know anything about Doctor Strange, I feel in my heart that even with it being an unknown property to people, since it the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so popular and so well-received that they could throw out any character now and they'd be like, hey, you know what? I'll try it. They've done it with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Which... I'm not a whole lot of people knew about them yeah. before their movie, and now a lot of people love them. I I was because I don't watch TV and I don't follow ads and commercials and all that social s- structure. I mm. was unaware how heavily promoted Guardians of the Galaxy was, and a lot of people's that's what people rely on. They say, "Man, this thing was put everywhere." I didn't even get that far. My mentality was, "Hey, it's from those. It's from the same people. I mean, it's from the same universe. I, I'm willing to give them a try. They haven't let me down yet." Mm-hmm. I think if they had one bomb, I'd probably still give them a shot. If they just started turning out two bombs and just kind of feel like it's going to shit, it's like, all right, you guys have ran your course. That's fine. But they're doing good so far. Yeah, and I, they, I tailor the same thought when I think of game companies. And they're going to have to do, they're, they're going to have to pull a Final Fantasy and shit out four stinkers in a row right. to lose me. Yeah. You know, they get, you get one free game, two free games. All right, now this is like you know you need to earn some respect back. Right, like even the even the even the Marvel Cinematic movies that weren't that great, even the ones that didn't have like a a shitload of fame, like the second Thor, mm-hmm. or or even Ultron, which was like oh this is Avengers two, and it kind of went eh it's it's okay, it's good. That's still that's you would still watch those movies. You yeah. didn't walk out of those going, man. What I the fucking the hate fuck this did shit. I? Uh, you know they were still good. Yeah. So I, I give Marvel the fucking free reign. Pick your universe and throw it on a wall and throw a fucking dart. If you think if you think you can make it work, I'll watch it. 
I'll give it a try. I treat the same way with games. You got uh, you got several chances. <sighs> Sad part for me is Mass Effect had its chances. And they fucking blew it for me. But that's for another day. That's for another podcast. What I would ask you is, do you think this game has you hyped? In the, you already have it pre-ordered, right? Yeah. Well, then that answers that question. You've already. Well, I mean, it's not so much super hype. I'm not looking forward to it the way I was looking forward to, you know, um, I, I'm not sitting here counting the days until it comes out. Mm-hmm. I am pleasantly, like, expecting it to come out here right. in the next week or so. Actually brings up a good question. What is the last game that you got, whether it failed or not, what was the last game you can recall that you got? I was just I, kind of like, I, I got to fucking play it. I, ooh, I cannot wait. Uh, it might have actually been things. Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah? It might actually have been Mass Effect 3. Which came out first, Mass Effect, Mass Effect 3 or Witcher 3? I actually wasn't super chomping at the bit for Ma- uh, Mass Effect 3 came out first, but I wasn't super excited for Witcher 3. What? I knew it was coming, and I wanted to play it. But I didn't know how big of an improvement it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be an improvement. And, you know, CD Projekt Red has always done a really damn good job at making games. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a must-buy. Right. But it wasn't until, you know, it came out and I had one of my friends, you know, and I'll call him Dickbag. <laughs> he decided he was going to get it. And he was like, oh, no, it sounds like a pretty good game. And I said, well, well, maybe I'll try it, dickbag. And then, well, you know, I tried to start and playing you're it. Like, wow, and I have one, not in, been one in 60. You actually recommended a good one. And yep. It was good. Yep. <laughs> this is this is inside jokes because I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I do like our naming convention on this podcast. I've got a butt face on mine, and you've got a, a dick face, was it? Dickbag. Dickbag. <laughs> yeah, this is not how we talk about our friends in real life. Oh, it this is. is. It's totally. <laughs> I'll call him that shit to my to his face, <laughs> to my face in the bathroom in the mirror. Uh, I do have a game that I'm that I I can think of the last time I've been super super hyped for, but I'm gonna save that for the later for the later Uh-oh. part of the cast. What what uh any gaming news for you this past? Any few days? gaming news? Anything I did playing? get a little bit farther in the Witcher, not. Too terribly far. I'm still knocking out side quests. All right. Well, has there been any quests either in this past week or the past two, or even we started this podcast where you had? Can you tell me some moments from Witcher Three? We're like, man, there was this one quest where this this really cool thing happened. Like, tell me some cool stuff other than I just worked on the quest line. Oh man. Uh, Anything that stuck out? Anything that stuck out? There was a. Oh, I was walking through this little church. Okay, and I walked in there and I was like, oh. There's a church here, and there's nothing fucking in the damn church. Well, that's cool. I turned around, and there were these two angel statues. Okay? And so I walked past them as I was going into the church, Mm -hmm. and when I turned the fuck around, they were turned the opposite way looking at me. Oh, fuck that. So I walked past them again. I turned back around. They were still looking at me, and they had moved closer to me. (gasps) And every time I looked away from them, they got closer. And closer Whoa. and closer. And I was like moving the camera left, back quickly to the right, and they'd gotten just a little bit closer. And I would like take a couple steps while still looking at them, and then move the camera over to the left again and back, 
And then they were a little bit closer again. Oh. And this time they had shifted, you know, to correct for my angle. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, God. Fuck this. Oh, oh God. So I walked away from them with the camera facing them the entire time. <laughs> you you uh, Mario booed them out of there? Yeah, I, 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 you I, booed them out I, of there. I, I totally booed them the fuck away. I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. I'm calling the horse and I'm running. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah, that was some spooky shit. Yeah, there is. And there's, there's – now – did you have any pretense for that ever happening in this game? No. This I had a, no idea that was even going to happen, and it was just like, whoa. I love that about Witcher. That's one That's one of the many things that I love, that you would go into a scenario, even giving the game's mechanics, mm-hmm. even giving the storyline, even giving the typical things that the game would do, some shit would just come out, and you'd be like, that's... That feels like it's even from another video game. That doesn't even happen in this game, but it happened, and it was like a one-time. It was a one-off. Which actually, all right, I gotta, I gotta put out a, a bit of an apology from the the end of time cast. Uh, uh, we we do realize that uh, we've been spoiling things willy nilly. That's how we do. And the sad thing is, is Av and I are we are not ignorant to the spoiler sense of the world. We know better. No, we don't. I think in our defense, we're new to this, but that's not the fallback. The fallback is we just get genuinely over-fucking-excited about what we're talking about, and when we start tangenting, we forget to just say spoilers. So from henceforth, uh, we're going to do our best to not only say spoilers in the podcast, like good, disciplined people. We're Uh also going to try our best to put uh, the titles in the list, probably in the Facebook page or the list of what's the description. Like, hey, yeah. It's just going to be a giant list of games. If you don't like them spoiled, then yeah, sucks for you. That's on the that's on the, the long end. The short end, you, we'll, we're going to try to be like, spoilers, we're about to talk about this thing. So uh, we do, well, we're, we're sorry if we, if we... If you hear something that is like a game you don't want spoiled, like come up, like, you know, couple weeks from now you're gonna hear mass effect andromeda mm-hmm. a lot of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh you might want to just like fast forward we will curtail we work we will curtail our speech as best we can to get around spoilers we will also try to tell you hey spoilers coming up yeah as best we can i can't believe Geralt died <sighs> boy it's a good thing oh no i can't even say that spoiler damn <laughs> Damn. Damn. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't beaten the game yet. I'll also say this about Witcher 3 is that if Adam and I were to sit here and talk for half an hour or even an hour about these key moments, well, and I say key very subjectively. If we They're just, just moments that stand out, really. Yeah, moments that, oh, man, in this town, this quest had this thing, and then we talk about a whole other town and a whole other continent with this other thing. Uh-huh. We could do that for a while. But I we barely get, even scratched the surface I of what you can find in that game. Because in, in that town, there's probably total from start to game to end of game. In that one town, there's probably 40-something quests. And the things that – and also, it's a very subjective thing because with that amount of items in a game and in, in, in games in general that have a lot of plot points or a lot of little cool moments – you're going to have stuff that sticks out, and you're going to have stuff that doesn't stick out to yeah. different people. There are things in, in Witcher 3 that stood out to me, but you probably just ran through the quest. You're yeah. like, nah, that didn't like, oh, stick cool. to me. And then I went on to the next thing. You never know when somebody's, oh, fuck, moment's going to be. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, again, we'll, we'll try to not spoil shit. We'll do our Sorry. best. We're bad people. Yeah, we are horrible. 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 Horrible people. gamers. We're going down in history is the spoiler 
bad. Call it spoiler cast. Spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah. can't, say can't say we didn't warn you. Yeah. We can have those as well in the future. We've talked about that as well. Of like, uh, for example, when Andromeda does come out, you know, we'll we'll t- we'll have this general podcast that everybody's going to know about, and then we on the side, I'll be like, all right, I'm just fucking gush about anything, and then that'll be a spoiler episode of something. So yeah, that's down the road though. So you made some more progress in Witcher Three. Yep, that's about it for you. That's about it. Yeah. I've got played a couple matches of War Thunder. I'll also tell this to the audience is that maybe this is like a monetary thing, but it's also just a lifestyle that we have. We're very large quotes. We're, we're an older couple of guys and him and I, we've said this before. We both have jobs. We both have lives outside of games, but I will say predominantly when I get off work, if I'm not working or not sleeping, uh, if I'm not spending time with a wife or if he's not spending time with his wife or his kids, we're genuine, generally in front of a console or, or a PC and we're playing a game. Yeah. But also, we don't have the funding and the time. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have people sending us free games. Uh, we don't have this gigantic. I mean, I do have a large library of games in my house, and I have a lot of games on my PC, but we don't have, like, 48 gigantic bookshelves full of games that we can just... The point I'm getting at is, is you may hear us from week to week, like, man, this is like week eight. He's still talking about Demon Souls. That's just because we just take games as they come. We're not trying to play through games quickly to give you guys reviews. Uh, and as far as I know, as of right now, and probably not even in the distant future, we're never. I don't think we're going to be that podcast. It's like, oh man, this new game's out. We got to spend an episode talking about this new game. That you know, every episode is going to be a new game. Genuinely. We have fun playing games. This is not a job for us, and I don't think we ever want to make it be. Yeah, we're going to be – this is going to be more, you know, general game chat. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about concepts and, like, you know, just different kind of theory crafting about where the industry is going or, you know, the fun times we've had. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to keep it light. Yeah. We not, will talk about games when they come out. If we, hmm? Not super regimented. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I'm not throwing that idea out of the water, mind you, because if there are games that come out and him, he and I both play them or one of us play them and we generally love them, yeah, we will talk about them. But oh, as yeah. far as right now, that's not like a standard. Like, well, next episode, they said they've got this new game and they're going to talk about that game. We haven't. No, no, we're not going to be those guys. So if you hear us talk about the same game for a while. Not until we sell our souls to some corporation. To a corporate. So yours is uh, Bioware already. Mine, mine. Trying real hard. You don't want to try something bigger like sold. Coca-Cola or. So it's going to have to be. I noticed you got a Coca-Cola over there. Yep. Look, you it's know, delicious. if we had if we had a camera right now, that would you would actually be doing good discipline because you've got the logo pointed right where the camera would be. So you, all right, <laughs> you're doing good for the audio podcast. That's correct. <laughs> I'm very photogenic. Yes, the ladies love me. Um, my week, my week, my week, my week, same thing. And again, that's another thing about us is that since we're doing this weekly, I mean, unless we have time to sit down and devote hours upon hours upon hours to the same game, we may have weeks where it's like, man, I just didn't have, like this right, last right, week. Right. I worked a six hour week. I mean, a six day oh, week. Oh, God damn, man. You said <laughs> you just tore it the fuck up, yeah, didn't I you? Paid for six hours. He's like, I got fucking $5 this week, but I played games the whole goddamn time. But just in general life, I had a six-day work week, and I tried I tried to get some game time in here and there. But again, I don't, I don't come home and go, oh man, I got to get more gameplay time in and got to get some podcast content, man. If I don't have time to play or if I got other things to do, I'm, 
I get around to it. But, yeah. But I did play Demon Souls some more. Did you? I made a little progress, so I went to the next. I went to the next area, and mm-hmm. it's so sad when to say I was in a new area that had like seventy enemies is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> but when you go from killing a boss to going straight to another boss, when you get to a level that's like, okay, now I just got to navigate through this area and find the traps and the enemies and just get to the next, you know, boss gate. It's like, oh, thank God. Get that little fun. moment of relief where it's just like, okay, I can I can kill these things in like two or three hits. To the point know? of, I went to this new area for uh, for Demon Souls people that are following this by chance. I, it's area one three. And there is a shit ton of enemies, and there's a shortcut. You, you can blatantly see where the shortcut's going to be, but the shortcut has a gate. It's blocked off. You mm-hmm. have to kill all. You have to navigate through this whole area and get past all these enemies to finally get that shortcut unlocked. And I did. And I've noticed this is another thing I've noticed about Demon Souls compared to Dark Souls and whatnot. When they give you a shortcut, it's not a shortcut directly to the next boss. Nope. So. I found a shortcut. I unlocked that shortcut, but if I've died, which I did, by the way, I've, I lost uh, I lost upward of 32,000 fucking souls. Because Good I, job. Oh, yeah. Good job. I know you know that feeling. Where oh, yeah. Now, the Just feeling I had down. in this moment was I was... I was trying to navigate to go back to a shop because you can't save souls. There's no bank for souls. You can store items, but you can't store your currency, which is souls. So really your only option is to go somewhere and buy some shit. I'm like, I know I can buy. I'll just fucking buy a fuck ton of healing items for 30,000 souls, but I need to get there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to just use an item that got me to a bonfire that took me back to the main nexus because I didn't know if that would release my souls, but now I know they don't. Mm. You can actually die in the middle of a level, go to a bonfire, go back to the main area, do whatever you want, and go back to the level. Your souls are still there. You just got to go get them. I didn't know that. Now I do because I kept – so here's what happened. I went through this level, killed all these enemies. Souls kept going up through the roof. Uh, had to use a lot of healing items because, man, they're starting to hit harder. And I'm getting overwhelmed because instead of just one, I'm getting like three or four at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through this area, got all these soul, and the more, <laughs> this is another thing about the Souls games in general, the more currency you have, the more nervous you are. You get Without antsy. question. If you go through Zelda or, or any game that has a, a currency and you get money, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm rich. Well, in Demons, in any of the Souls games, you go, fuck yeah, I'm rich. I need to get rid of this. I need to use <laughs> I need this. to expend this for my benefit Yes, now. because if I die and then I die before I get to them, they're gone. It's over with. Forever. It's done. So I went through this area, killed all these enemies, kept watching my soul count go up, and it went from, oh, man, I'm getting a lot of souls, cool, cool, to... I'm starting to get kind of nervous. Uh, I'm getting a lot of souls here. Uh, <laughs> this is... Might uh, be time to turn around. I'm thinking of how many levels I could go up. I'm thinking how many... Uh, there's a armor set somewhere I know I'd like to buy. More healing items, for God's sakes. And I got to an area, and I had a lot of them, and right before this fog gate, there are... If you remember me telling you about the red-eyed guy mm-hmm. from one one, the guy with the red eyes that can fuck you up by that gate, yeah, uh, they put three of them in your path. Yeah, and I tried to get one at a time, but 
Yeah. Apparently, if you trigger one, they're like, nah, bitch, we're all here. You can't just hit one because they all aggro each other. Yep. So I got fucking gang raped by these three, and I died right there. And I was like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Well, that's when you you realize you're about to get gang raped, so you, like, sprint the other direction. I should have, but I try to be a fucking badass and try to take them on and Mm -hmm. whatever. I fucked it up. You You, you got what was coming to you. This is just another thing about the Souls game. When you when you fuck up in this game, it's very rare that you can go, oh, it was a glitch. It's more like, yeah, you just fucked up. You didn't use an item right, or you didn't use a command right, or you didn't fucking block when you should have, or you didn't go back to the bonfire like you should have. Again, I was I didn't know I didn't know I could go to the bonfire and handle it, so my bad, whatever. So now I had, at this time, I had like, like 19, 20,000 souls out there. I'm like, I, it's okay. The short, the shortcut's unlocked. I can get back there. I got back there and I was trying. It's right in front of the, it's right in front of the fall gate. So yeah. I was like, well, I, I still have to go through these three to get to the boss regardless. Mm-hmm. Let me just get back there and get my souls and then I'll, I'll, I'll run like a bitch. Instead of going back to the bonfire, because again, I was still under that mentality. I was like, I know where there's a there's a guy in this area that sells items. So if I can make it back to him, I can buy some items and offload my souls. Mm-hmm. Before I got to him, I died again. I was like, well, fuck. Now I got it. So instead of going the way to the boss, I was going a whole other path through through all the old enemies and some even older enemies all over again. Mm-hmm. And I died again. And I went back, I got those and got a little bit further and died again. I was like, oh shit. Yep. And then starting to compound. I had like thirty, thirty two thousand something souls and died to some fucking bullshit. Good uh, job. It was on me and they were gone forever. So I was like, Well oh look at the time. I guess it is time to go to sleep. I turned that bad boy off. Um, so now I'm in this, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about losing the souls because I do know where I can go to farm them. I know how to get souls now. That's not Mm. the problem. My, and this is another souls thing is that I know that even just to get to that boss, I have 20, 30 regular enemies to get through grouped and singled out. Mm. And I've got those three badasses. So that's how that shortcut is. Oh, it's a shortcut, but it took. It took me down from 70, 75 enemies to 30. Yep. I still have to plow through those enemies just to get to the boss. I don't know what the boss is. I know nothing about him. earn the right to challenge him. Yes. I could get in there and fucking curb stomp him. Who knows? Or I could get in there and get fucked up. Either way, I know that in order to fight this boss, I have my work cut out for me. I might, I, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll be able to run past the enemies and go straight to the fall gate. I haven't tried that yet. That may be my next, that may be my next, uh, uh, try through the reason why this is an issue for me as well is because going back to that good old fire lurker boss is that apparently there were two paths to get to the fire lurker mm-hmm. one not only did other enemies in your way but the time just to go down this area and navigate through all these caves and do all this shit it takes you like half an hour just to get to the fucking boss yeah well i just happened to find a shorter shortcut and i was i use that one predominantly i still have to you have to use healing items because you're just falling you da- take some falling damage yeah you take some it. falling damage but between the time and the and the healing herbs i'll just heal myself 
But that's what I've noticed about this game is that your shortcuts are you. Hey, you you still gotta work. You still gotta earn your right in here. You can't just oh I found this bonfire right outside the boss room. You you gotta work through it. Mm-hmm. I will. I'm 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 anxious. I'm interested to see what the next boss is. I imagine between now and the next podcast, I'll I've at least seen him. I'm I'm interested. This is that unknown. I'm on my virgin first run playthrough through Demon Soul. I have no fucking idea what's through that gate. And hey. Who knows? Maybe I'll get through that gate, and it's a fucking trick fog gate. It's a huge fog gate, true, but it might be one of those things where it's like, ah, we're just taking you to the next section of the level. There's no boss here, you silly fuck. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know, and the fact that I don't know just entices me and intrigues me more. Right. So That's just the way those games are, man. I I love that. By the way, spoilers. Let me think now. Yeah, I guess I did. I spoiled that there were three enemies there. Well, yeah, done. Fucked up. And I'm fucked up. Yeah. I, I guess, you. but I mean, I play this back to the Dark Souls and to the Witcher 3 thing. Like, you're going to go around a corner in any place in, in Demon's Souls and get fucked by something. Yeah. Or there's going to be some cool thing there. I mean, I didn't tell you about the NPCs I met in this area or the, the items I found. Yeah, it'd be very hard to picture what what's actually happening without experiencing it. Yeah, and I, unless somebody is actually playing Demon Souls right now and is right where I am, unless you're listening to it in the moment, you're not gonna. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. But that's been my gaming week so far. Nothing. Uh, nothing else for to play. Just anticipation for things that I can't have. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Do you know? Do you know when the next Steam sale is? I think it's going to be in the summer. Uh, right? Let's see, summer. Yeah, yeah, this be a, yeah it might be a spring one. This is something Sometimes we can promote, spring. even though uh, I don't think there's a promotion thing for Steam. Is Adam twigged me to Steam a while back, and uh, I, I was you to Steam. Huh? I was kind of apprehensive to get on Steam because my only my only analog to Steam was like Origin. Mm-hmm. Or any other third-party browser type thing you had to have to play a game or surf games. Steam is actually very, very good. I like it. It's it's a good access point for me to get games on my PC, which I play a lot on now. And you can you find all kind of good shit, not just on Steam sales. They'll send you emails all the time. Hey, that game on your wish list. It's like it's like half off. Yeah, let you this know randomly. You got about four days. You want to go snag it up? Snag it up. Now I. I don't have the Steam fever where every Steam sale I just buy a fuck ton of games just because they're sale. They've been kind of ho hum the last two two or three times. Really? Yeah, to me, to me they have. Like that, I don't know what it is. I don't know what changed, but they used to have a whole lot more. It just seemed like the deals were a lot more juicy back then because they'd come up with uh, it wasn't just shit games that would go on sale. Mm-hmm. I mean the shit games went on sale too, but they'd throw out some heavy hitters at 60% off. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, you want the entire, you know, uh, you know, whatever franchise, you know, you want to get Tomb Raider 60% off. You can get the first game and the second game. You get Far Cry 3 when it first came out, 50% mm-hmm. off." And you're like, "Whoa, I need to jump on that." And this will be like a flash sale. Right. So you, it's only up for like an hour or two. What I what I've noticed, I I, I I tend to disagree. I think they have a good amount of, of really good games. The the two Steam sales I've been through, 
it seems like they put their big hitters on the first page. It'll be like 20 or 30 well the top franchises, the top mm-hmm. games, the top new releases. But if you go down and go look at it, the, there's like a hundred other oh, yeah. they're, whatever they're, games. They're still huge. I'm not discounting the size of a Steam sale. I'm just saying that the, that the heavy hitters used to take deeper cuts. Right. Uh, well, I mean, it. it when they... You you would see a lot of things be on sale for like thirty percent off or so, mm-hmm. and then you'd see a flash sale and it jumped to seventy for you know six hours. Right. And if you you know if you were watching it like a hawk, you know you could be like click, oh wow look, I can get this game that's sixty bucks for you know twenty mm-hmm. or for fifteen. Yeah. You know? I highly recommend Steam for anybody that doesn't have it. If you if you generally play on PC and you like PC games, it's good. I mean, the app the app doesn't interfere with me. It doesn't have any crazy like origin pop ups or no crazy shit like that. Like it runs in the background, yeah. but not like Ubisoft. Everybody and their fucking brother tried to make one. Yeah, and there's only one comparable one that I actually you know like, mm-hmm. and that's Gog. See, now, I still got to go check out Gog because I haven't been to Gog. It's uh, because you don't trust me. I got it. It's cool. No, I trust you. I just haven't gotten <laughs> around to it. It's like most of my backlog of old games, I just haven't gotten around to mm-hmm. it. I will well, eventually. Yeah, the the cool thing is they have different uh, indie developers that go on to too. Mm-hmm. So that's really the, where the big difference is. I don't know if you like indie games as much as I do. but I like them here and there. They, they have some yeah, good I, I like to see... I like to see, you know, startup developers, you know, strutting their stuff and, and trying out new concepts because they, they're, they are not afraid to take the risks that AAA developers are. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. AAA developer says, okay, well, what's the bottom line? If I put this in this game, what's how much money me? am I actually mm-hmm. going to make? You know, as opposed to, you know, a, an indie developer being like, hey, this is just the game I want to make. You know, what? it may not be of the same quality. Now, the qualities do vary. Mm-hmm. Um, Depending on a the developer's skill and what toolkit they went for, et cetera, but mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting concepts. Yeah, and that used to be you know specifically like a flash type you know uh, newgrounds ish kind of venue, but mm-hmm. you're starting to see a lot of that translate over to Steam indie games. Yeah, I'll check it out eventually. I'll get around the. To, to Gog, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it has the same type of setup. You know, you pick your games and yep. buy them. Man, you, you pick the games, you buy them, they go on sale at the same fucking time Steam usually does. Yep. So you go over there and you're like price comparing between Steam and Gog. Yep. You're like, okay, which one of you, I mean, if I have one, like, say I had Mass Effect on, I, you have to have it on Origin. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a bad example. But say yeah. I had like the Tomb Raider series, I had the first one on Steam, I'd get the second one on Steam. Yeah. I wouldn't get the, you know, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't separate them. Right. Just on the off chance that maybe something weird happened and they were like, oh, well, you can load your save file into this other one. Mm-hmm. Then I have to do some crazy fucking shit with the damn files. There's something else I've noticed about them too. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but I've heard that like, let's say you were going to get the Mass Effect series. Well, let's say you started out with Mass Effect 1. If yep. they had a Mass Effect franchise sale, like, mm-hmm. if they, they will sell one, two, and three. Let's say you bought Mass Effect 1 for, and I'm throwing out arbitrary numbers. Let's say you bought Mass Effect 1 for 15 bucks. Okay. And then, like, a month later, they showed the whole entire Mass Effect series on sale 50 for, for 30 bucks. 
it can you have multiple ways to buy it you can buy the whole thing flat out but steam will actually look in your library and say oh hey you already have mass effect one hey just you know give us give us 20 instead that's fucking cool that's cool that way you feel like you're still part of I, the you know i'd never noticed that yeah, I heard, I believe, I had to go check my source on this. And again, if anybody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard uh, that, that's how I interpreted it, that it will actually go into your library and see, hey, you have other games in this already. Yeah, it will. I know for a fact it will say you already have this game or you need to buy, you know, this is a DLC, you need to have the main game. Yeah. Um, and even if it doesn't do that, it's still a good, it's still good. Just, it is. Just for the fact you can go in there and spend hours upon hours just sifting through their games to say that's interesting i like that that's cool hey i want that game i know that oh i might check that out you can just make a wish list and anytime anything goes on with that wish list game i'll be like hey this is, this is on sale there is another little indie game that uh i was looking at it's, it it kind of looked like uh and I, I saw one of my youtube uh subscript uh, one of the people i subscribe to on uh YouTube is mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He does like a lot of medieval weaponry and stuff like that. You know, uh, historical European martial arts mm-hmm. uh, kind of deal. So he's usually about he he likes to look at like fantasy swords and like that and break them down into why they would be complete shit as an actual weapon. <laughs> and uh, uh, but he did play a video game. One of the rare times he does that, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, a RPG set in medieval times that uses historical weapons, armor, and fighting techniques with realistic damage. Yeah, it's called... Uh, it's not for honor. No, not for honor. I'm not trying to be topical. It's a... Uh, that fuck... I'm actually trying to joke. I'm talking about the game where you it's your one person, and you, and you like, hack and slash, like, 70, 80... The Age of Imp, no, not Age of Empires. Hey, are you talking about Dynasty Warriors? Yes. Fuck you. It's Dynasty fuck, Warriors. You get fucked. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, I can't oh, remember man. the name of the game for the life of me, but it it looked really, really appealing. Like, tell you, us about it. No, I mean, like, uh, you would uh, you pick your different stances. You could pick sword and shield, or a mace, or an axe, or. You know, you you can use any historical weapon. Spoilers: You can use historical weapons. Right, this is a this game is pre is still in development. I'm picking. So, um, I'm picking. but you can fight. You know, in giant battles mm-hmm. like uh, you know, thirty on thirty, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can fight one on one. You're you're basically just a fantasy character in that in that setting. But uh, you you get hit. And like it dazes you. It's all from a first person perspective. Mm-hmm. So it like dazes you, and you you can go high, low. You change your stances in mid combat, and you have to block and parry and repost. Mm-hmm. And it it looks really really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how the gameplay is going to work when it finally uh, comes out because I've never played it. Right. But from what I saw and the way the uh, the armor worked, like a slashing weapon is going to be near in a completely you know ineffective versus someone in plate mail mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you could take a hammer and beat them to death with it cool or you can use your sword uh in a way that's not standard and you can strike them with the pommel wow you know stuff like that take the sword throw it at them you just you, well you hit them with the oh the, i know i was saying the but pommel you, of the sword yeah, yeah, the i think on the bottom and uh you know stuff like that where it's made for an, a bashing weapon mm-hmm. you know 
and or you can get in full plate mail and just walk around all impervious to everybody and go massacre people mm-hmm. so I, I thought it looked really really cool they had like this little raid on this fort they were showing off mm-hmm. uh man i wish i i really wish i could remember the name of this game somebody right now has got the name somebody right now is like if this was down the future and we had fucking developers listening to this podcast <laughs> on the sly and he's like motherfucker shit if this was down the road and we had like 800 listeners somebody right now would be in the comments just typing it up be like it's yeah we don't we will never have 800 listeners Oh, we, we suck. Oh. We're garbage. That's what you say. That's uh, some star you are. Oh. Yeah, yeah we do. star of the garbage pile podcast. <laughs> that is not a name. Damn. <laughs> Way to bash our own podcast, Adam. It's okay. It's called self-deprivating humor. Self-deprecation? Self, yeah. self-def- self-defecation. That's when you shit yourself on Use the podcast. Use your words, Adam. I don't. I, I don't words. That's hard. Hard words. What are you, Ayla from Chrono Trigger? Yep. The light. Der, der, der. <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, Adam is. Any time that he and I talk about games, we haven't played everything in the world. But I will say that as far as like Steam release games go, as far as indie type games go, he's definitely played more than me. So he's got all kind of games and stories about different indie games. Oh yeah, one of, one of the best ones I've been playing. For a while now, it's still in development. It's been development since I got. Oh, my, are we doing it? My first computer. Are we doing it? We're gonna do Kenshi. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Star Citizen. No, but we could do Star Citizen. Star <laughs> Citizen is fucking awesome. Take but it one at a time. Based out on Steam. What is what is Kenshi? What Adam? is Kenshi? Kenshi is a realistic, and I, this is one of the things I like. Realistic games. I like simulators. I'm mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fan of simulators. Uh, so uh, they have individual body parts on every person. Uh, you make your own person or squad or whatever, and you get to pick your starting thing, how much money your guy has, how much you know stuff your guys has. Uh, you can be like a you can be a, a vagabond who finds like a legendary sword, and you start with a really badass sword and no money and like a worn out for your rest. Cool. Or you can pick like a, a band of like settlers. That all have like different trade skills and stuff like that, or you can, you know, there's just uh, probably ten different ways you can start. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you start off the game and you build your own. You you can just wander around and explore if you want to. Uh, you can go and start your own settlement and you know start raising wheat and selling it, mm-hmm. or making a, taking the wheat and turning that into grain and then turning the grain into alcohol. You know, and selling that, or you can just drink the shit, or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you build big walls, make a huge fortress, you know. And uh, combat skills, you know, they have different styles of weapons, and, you know, they have, like, turrets and all these things. And your skill levels up as you use these skills. So you end up with uh, and with different statistics and stuff like that, determining your damage and how fast you swing and how well you block. And in the beginning of the game, it's really tough because if you ever get two on ones, you're almost fucking dead. Mm. You're almost guaranteed to die. But once you start getting to the point where you can take on five people by yourself, you start feeling like a total badass. Hell yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I, right now I've got a little, little settlement I've made that, you know, I keep having to restart, mm-hmm. you know, because the new version will come out and it's like, okay, well, I'll start a new save file. Uh, but, 
Um, we've got a little mine going, the little farm on the side for food, and uh, they uh, we're we're actually getting pretty pretty serious about this whole like weaponsmithing thing mm. going on now. So we've got we're starting to create some pretty fucking epic weapons. That's cool. Yep, and we've got I've got probably I started off with one person and a and the holy sword. That's what I started as, mm-hmm. and now I've got over. I've got two squads of 20 mm. people. And one is a, like, go out and forage and, you know, basically defend the base squad. And the other one is just workers inside the the, the base that do, like, day-to-day maintenance, like getting water from the well and bringing it to the to the crops and tending the crops and, uh, you know, taking the, the hemp farm I have over here and turning that into cloth and then turning that cloth into clothes and... You know, and that then, sounds cool. Yeah, so it is. It's really busy. Well, let me ask this: a lot does, of micromanagement. Does all this stuff happen in real time? Is that, that all what it is? So you time. can you can physically go out into your town and see these people doing their yes. actions. Now that's cool. And they'll carry. They actually carry the supplies. And if you give them a backpack, they can carry more supplies. Right, right. And they get encumbered by things. So you know. That appeals uh, to me more than the sieve thing. Just just on this aspect of where you can see, you can just wake up and go out into you, well, you say, just it's watch fucking terrifying because you have to pause the game real quick and see what's happening when you look and like one of your villagers is like laying on the ground because he had absolutely no combat skills whatsoever and a giant bag of rocks on his back <laughs> <laughs> so, and he got hit by like a dog or something it's starting to eat him alive oh wow and so one of your guards runs over there and it kills the thing and they patch him up and he's out of commission until he wakes up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can lose consciousness from blood loss. Oh, wow. Uh, your limbs take damage independently. I think I said that before, but mm-hmm. it, it can go to, it starts at 100. If it goes to zero or, and it go, it gets disabled all the way down to zero. Mm-hmm. And once it gets past zero, you can actually lose the limb. Oh, wow. And have to get like a robotic replacement for the limb. Mm-hmm. But they walk with like a limp uh... while they're doing that. Or they'll have to drag themselves, right? You know, and if they get they lose an arm in combat, like it, it's just rendered immobile. So uh-huh. they, you see them trying to defend themselves with just holding their sword up with one arm, mm-hmm. you know, or you know stuff like that. That's cool. So, yeah, you, you're like, wow, this is really freaking, you know, neat. That's a lot There's of not really a story so far. Right now, it's right. just gameplay mechanics. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think it's got a lot of potential, and it's been getting updated regularly for several years. Mm-hmm. So, and this guy's, you know, he's just pumping out content. You know, it's come a very long way from when I first started playing it, and I was having fun just piddle fucking around. Mm-hmm. Now there's a whole lot more detail in the environments, a whole lot more detail in the characters. There's multiple races. Uh, you know, there's more dialogue in the game. Like wandering bandits will come up and be like, "Hey." Give us your shit. Give us X amount of money, and we'll leave you alone, or else we're gonna come in there and kill everybody. You know. Sounds cool. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be pretty awesome. This kind of reminds me a lot of what uh, it just. This is my no segue segue. This reminds me a lot what you're talking about about uh, about Star Citizen, is that mm-hmm. from the story aspect, there's not a fuck ton of story. There's not really an overarching bad guy in, in Star Citizen, but there is a shit ton of mechanics there yeah and it, the thing about star citizen is that I, I do think they they plan to have a story 
And if, for anybody that doesn't know, Star Citizen is like this giant space sim. Yeah, talk about Star Citizen for a minute because, oh, man, if people don't know about this, they need to hear about it. It's going to be it's gonna be pretty much the greatest game of all time. Oh, so you know what? Mass Effect Andromeda just went, oh. Yeah, it did. It's crying over the corner. It's crying over the corner. You promised me the kingdom. Because as Star, Star Citizen is one of those games that I, I can't be waiting for it with bated breath. Because I never know when the fuck it's going to come out. Right. But as soon as it does come out, it's going to take all like all my fucking attention and away from whatever they could be fucking, you know, Elder Scrolls Six, and I'm just going to go click click. Yeah. I'm going to go over straight over to Star Citizen and be like, okay, what do you got for me? But it's understandable though, because there's a it's a big game. Yeah. It's very it's, it's the very biggest, uh, very ambitious. The biggest Kickstarter game ever, and then it went off Kickstarter and made like. Ten times the amount of money it had made on Kickstarter. Wow! So, I mean, it's fucking huge. But Adam, what is Star Citizen? It's a space sim, and you can basically do whatever the hell you want. It's like living in the twenty third century or whatever, where space flight is common. Mm-hmm. So you you buy a ship. So you the way it works right now is every ship you buy is just a donation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'll see ships out there for outrageous prices. There's like $1,500 ships. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't have to buy that shit. Yeah. You can earn it in the game. Mm-hmm. But if you want to just have it right now, you go ahead and shell out that $1,500. Me, yeah. I shelled out 60 which is what I would pay for a game anyway. Yeah. And I got a ho-hum regular starter ship. Mm-hmm. Not, not really a starter ship, but it's but just like a half a notch up from one. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna live with that when I go out there. It's it's just like a little space transport slash fucking fighter. You know, it's a it's a fighter with a cargo bay essentially. It's called right. an Avenger. And uh, I'm gonna roll around in that until I get enough money to actually go and do some some real shit. What is this game though? I mean, what do you do in it? What it what's what's it about? You can do whatever. Oh, That's really? the thing about it. I, yeah. As I sit here with folded arms, you, oh really? Yeah, Anything. you could be a you could be a merchant, you could be a pirate, you could be an explorer. You know, you could if you want to, you can just go on somebody's ship and run the shields. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just be like, oh well, you can, uh, you know, sell data. You know, you can, yeah, anything you can think of. Mm-hmm. You can. There is a quest line. You know, you can go off and do the quests and see all the cool stuff. If you want to just plop down on some fucking foreign planet and shit out a base, you can do that too. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of, I mean, you can, the repairs are all going to be made in real time. So you have like four and five person ships where they go, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the, you know, the repair guy and he's the medic and blah, 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 blah. And they went for ultra realism. Yeah. Yeah. And so... If you get shot in the arm, much like Kenshi, it damages your arm. There's like four or five different damage states. You got the standard, like, I had nothing's wrong with it. Then the hurt, which is like, okay, something is, uh, something's wrong with it. It doesn't work quite as well. Like, maybe your arms are starting to shake. It's starting to affect your aim. It's starting to affect your walking speed. Then you have disabled. Okay, now you can't fucking use it. Mm-hmm. And then you have ruined, mm-hmm. which means that it's gone. It's unsalvageable. Wow. So, uh, you, you know, and you're going to need to, you can have little stem packs that might save your life and clot your blood, Mm -hmm. but what you really need is medical attention. So they have hospital ships and you'll have players in game that are doctors Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and play little doctor mini games to you know do doctor stuff yeah for a, for a fee you don't just find a med pack you have to be no. you have to be treated correct cool and uh you wake up with like a fucking robotic arm or some shit and that's one of the aspects that really twigged me is when Adam was telling me about this game. I love I love repeating the story. It's so awesome to me. Mm-hmm. And again, correct me on the details I'm wrong on, but so when you make a new character in this game, you're basically going to like the academy. Yeah. And you're you're basically signing up for the academy. You know, like, I'm gonna be a pilot. So you go and it gives you the standard like, you know, what is your name? What is your name? What is how it? tall are you? When were you born? What what color is your hair? What eyes? color your air? What do you look like? Give us a profile picture, set up all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. So after all that character creation, they have another aspect it says tell us your benefactor. Tell us when you if you're this is spacefaring world you're getting into, so the potential for you to die is high. Who's your next of kin? You're going to be flying a pilot. I mean, you're going to be flying a ship as a pilot. You you may die. Who's who's go who, who's your will to? So you get to pick somebody. You're basically making a second character, an arbitrary person. John Doe. He's he has this mm-hmm. hair color. He's that this is him. This is how you find him. Blah 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 blah. So let's say you go through the game. You get to a really hectic battle. This could be day one. This could be year one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You have this big epic battle, and you're just getting your shit kicked in. When it comes to the point where you could potentially die, it's almost like a dice roll. You may die. You may not. You may have got saved at the last minute, and your medical people fixed you up, and you just happen to lose an arm or something, or you happen to lose a leg, or who knows. If you survive, you wake up somewhere. I mean, you're out of commission for a while, but you wake up, you you may or may not have some damage to you. But if you die, the game doesn't necessarily start over, but Mm -hmm. it goes, it shows another character coming in, and it says, hey, I'm here for the Academy. My name is John Doe. It starts you as the benefactor. The benefactor. And you get a portion of their reputation. And all of their assets. Right. So you're not. There is a little continuity between your characters. Mm-hmm. But that that character that you originally had died. Yep. But now you're the new character, and guess what? He says a benefactor. Well, if I die, this person gets my stuff. So that's really cool to me that somebody gets your stuff and you continue. I mean, there's a penalty. You lose your character, mm-hmm. but you get another one. And you continue on through with your stuff. The second cool thing was, this This is the scenario that I played in my head when he told me this. When you sustain damage over time, it stays with you. So yeah. while you do have this you know, advanced technology and medical technology to repair you and fix you and all this good stuff, if you do, by chance, lose a hand, if they can fix you up with a robotic, if they can't, you just don't have a robotic hand. But if they do, you, you'll have a robotic hand. You have that forever. They don't yep. sew that shit back on, fucking Resident Evil style, and I'll throw some goop juice on it, you're good to go. You have that hand. So imagine being in, because this game is so realistic, imagine going to some foreign planet, you go to some bar, some some sports pub in some other planet, and you walk in. You see a guy sitting at the bar table, and he is pristine. He's got a nice suit. He has no battle scars, no nothing. Now, that could be your initial reaction is that could be a day one, you know, week one character. He just started the game. Mm-hmm. Could also be that is a bad motherfucker yep. that has had a good crew, a good ship, a good team, and has handled his shit right. You don't know. 
but then you see another guy in the corner, and he's got a fucking robotic hand for his left hand. His whole right arm is a robotic fucking arm. Mm-hmm. He's got this gigantic gouge across his face. This dude has seen some shit. He as well could be a battle. That that could have been fucking weird. Either that or too. he's really, really bad at this game. <laughs> yes. But you see all these people, and you can't necessarily judge people by what you see. It's Everybody's different. So I, I think it's going to be awesome. The, I really do. It's a very ambitious game. It is. It's super ambitious, and if they can just get uh, 90% of what they're shooting for, then they're going to have a fucking phenomenal game. That's a positive or a negative to this but, game. But it's it also not its not like a normal indie game. Okay, You have Chris Roberts making this game. For anybody that doesn't know who Chris Roberts is, he's one of the few developers I can name. Because back in the PC days, he used to play a game called Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. Okay, He made several games before my time. Yep. Uh, he made uh, Freelancer. He made different... Different space sims. Space sims are his bag. Yeah. Okay. He makes space sim games. Mm-hmm. He makes space dogfighting games. Okay. Uh, he's really good with live action and stuff like that. And he's actually gotten, you know, he knows how to develop a AAA game is what I'm saying. Right. He's got decades of experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he knew what he was doing when he set this shit up. You gave him the millions of dollars and he's not, you know, He's not Adam sitting here trying to figure out, no, what am I going to do with all this money? He know he knew where he was going to put it. Right. He's like, I want this many programmers. I want this many people working on the sound. I want this many people doing this. And I mean, it might be his most ambitious project ever, mm-hmm. but he knows where he's doing. He has a baseline. He's seen multiple games of multiple series be developed, right? And he knows how this works. I want to, again, and I don't know the guy, and I don't know those games you just mentioned either, but for those that may happen to hear this podcast and then go out and go research this game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wall you with something you're probably going to see right off the bat. The negative feedback for this game right now is a positive and a negative at the same time. And the meme culture goes toward the negative because that's what the fuck meme culture does. But yeah. it is, quote-unquote, stuck in developmental... Hell, interpret. It, it's, it, who got? knows? You don't. We don't know. Yeah. There is no release date for this game. There isn't. But the thing is, this game is. There are games that they have had Kickstarters come along, and they said, "Hey, you give us, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, we'll make a game." And then they get that goal, and then they fucking disappear. They don't make you the game. That's not what this game is doing. Yeah, it's not doing that at all. This is it's what the game is steady doing. Progress. They got a goal. They met that goal, and that person you just mentioned said, "Okay, here's the. I have the money to do these 700 items to do these 700 things I want to see in this game." Well, guess what, folks? The money kept coming, so he yeah. had more. He's like, oh, 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 oh. "Now, now we have eight hundred thousand dollars. Guess what? That means I can do these three things as well. I can add these fifteen, twenty things in." And he has He's not. In a, upper tens of millions. Another positive is that not only is it this guy and his team, they're also taking feedback from people that are playing the game. This this is what I mean by this game is very ambitious. It's ambitious to the letter because every week, every month that somebody puts out an idea, hey, this would be a cool thing in that game. 
they genuinely listen and they take a good percentage of these ideas. But not only that, but they work to flesh out concepts. Yes. Um, say that you want to, you're a repair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, say you're playing a sta- any other game where you have stuff where you can repair, uh-huh. like Battlefield. Okay. In Battlefield, what do you do? You have a little tool, okay, and you grab the little tool and you hold it up against the tank and it goes and it repairs the tank, okay? That's not how this is going to work. That's not how any of this is going to work. It's going to work like you're going to take a a part that is damaged out of the ship. Then you're going to pull that damaged part out and replace it with another part that you have to have. And oh my God! What did you do? Sorry, I hit, hit the mic. You new, new terrible guy, new guy tactics, all that so. horribleness. Oh God! But this is good. You're fleshing out the actual things. What you're doing. Yeah. This so, goes along the lines of the medic thing. You're not just picking up a stem pack and moving on. You yeah. have to. You see you, this shit. So happen. you you have to have the part the parts in your ship to begin with. Mm-hmm. The replacement parts. So then you take the replacement parts and you go over here. You shut power off to that system. You take the part out. Put the replacement part back in, turn the power back on, boom, it works. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have to go outside and cut a piece off the wing, you know, where it's damaged, and repair that. And these are things that you can do quite, you know, as a solo person. Mm-hmm. But there's also ships that are dedicated to this. Yeah. So one of my ideas, and I'm, I'm going to fucking totally ruin this for everybody on the podcast because they're all going to know my tricks, but there's only like 10 people listening anyway. Oh, well, Adam's spoilers then. Nothing for anybody Adam else. spoilers. Adam's tactic spoilers. <laughs> when you find this motherfucker find, in the game, this the, is how you, you say no. You happen to see me out in, in Star Citizen, then you will know that it is me that's doing it. I'm going to get a repair ship. And I'm gonna offer up cheap repairs. Oh. And when they when they go to when they go to do their thing, you know, they're like, okay, well, repair my ship for me. And they land on their little landing pad on the ship. I'm gonna have three people jump out and just board the ship and take it. <laughs> and sell that bitch for scrap. What a bastard! <laughs> right? What a bastard! Right? Because that's that's total awesome pirate. Move but right see there. now that rep again, this game takes place in a real time scenario, so that ship follows you. So, depending on how big the universe is, and it's going to be fucking huge because it's already huge. Yeah, that shit, a, you can get away with that PT ship for a while. It's huge. You can get away with that ship for a while, but through various means, your name is going to be known some way. Well, you may you find your name on a fucking tavern. Hey, don't go to Adam's Repair Shack because on Zeta 22, because that motherfucker. Well, what I'll do is I'll have you do it. I'll have you, you do I'll, oh, well, yeah, I'll fuck have the my repair, reputation. I'll have the repair ship. And you'll be the notorious pirate, and you'll right. just hop out from behind my repair ship, and I'll be like, oh, I had no idea. And end of time uh, strategy spoilers heard right here on the cast. Yep. So just don't – just be wary. But, just throwing it out there. So what I, what I was getting at was this game is continuously taking idea. That, think of somebody. Think Imagine you have a game, mm-hmm. and you have 300 mechanics in this game. This is somebody, either the director, the developer, or or a fan, or somebody that's wanting to play the game or is playing the game, coming in and saying, hey, this one aspect, here are about three ideas to make this thing more fleshed out, different, better. 
And the company goes, you know what, we like those. Just for the mechanics purpose, just because of the way the game's made, I can only take two of them. But I will take two. Now, imagine that happening, oh, I don't know, 70 times in a month. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the game is stuck in development or development. Well, I mean, they did, they did at some point decide to stop taking more suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, they said okay, we're going to stop here. We have reached a point we can't make we this need to any bigger. the game, <laughs> and we can have an expansion later. Yeah, we'll patch it and, and expand uh, it later. <laughs> Well, well, we'll do. We, first, we want to get a working product, and right now the game is actually being developed in modules. Mm-hmm. So you have one team that's like working on new ships, and then you have another team that's working on the flight model. Mm-hmm. You have another team that's working on the first person aspects. Right. You have another team that's working on like terrain generation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And probably more teams out there doing more things. I just can't think of it. Right. Um, music and art and all that kind of stuff. Right. Lore. Uh, but. Right now, they're all separate entities. Mm-hmm. They haven't they haven't connected them yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming, when, you, when you see on the on the PTU, which is the test universe, um, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, you could go play Star Citizen and probably have a goddamn good time mm-hmm. just on the PTU two point whatever you know beta. Yeah. Okay. This game is going to be fucking huge yeah you have no idea there's going to be survival mechanics when you land on a on a planet where you have to you know ration out your food and your air and you know think about it you have to take your helmet off to eat so you need to put up some kind of shelter so you can be able to eat right right and stuff like that managing water and yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be huge. I mean, and we're and we're just talking about right now, just the you know the everyday living. You can go explore, and there's realism, guys. There's combat in this game. Yeah. There's combat out in the space with your fucking ship. There's dog fighting. There's, there's imperial aliens. fleet battles. There's a giant alien race. Yeah. There's you fighting a person. There's you fighting multiple people. There's armies fighting each other. There's there's aliens fighting people. I mean, there's combat on a large scale and a small scale. It's all abound. If you want to, if you you're a crew member and you just decide, fuck it, I'm taking the bridge. This is my ship now. Yep. You can go around and just kill everybody. Yep. If you want to, and most people, uh, they they implemented it specifically, uh, is that you won't be able to just walk around in your combat armor all the time. Yeah. It'll be detrimental to do that. If you're a engineer or you know a repair person. It would be it would behoove you to wear repair person's garments mm-hmm. because you'll be able to carry more tools and more parts and do more stuff. You can get into tight spaces. Yes. you can't do it in your fucking stuff combat like that. armor. Yeah, uh, if you're in your combat armor, you know you're gonna have a harder time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you're a doctor, same thing. You want to wear your medical scrubs. Yep. As opposed to trying to do this in a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on bigger ships, it's gonna be you know you're you're gonna want to change out of your stuff. But at the same time, that leaves you open to gunfire. Mm-hmm. It leaves you open to, you know, explosive decompression of the ship. So there's things you got to think about when you're when you're looking at this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to take, a, say you go to, say you get in a, a dogfight or something like that, you might want to suit up. Mm-hmm. might be one of your first things. Is I want to put on my suit so in case this thing, you know, goes and I have to ditch, yeah. I can float around in space until I die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> I don't want to die. Maybe, maybe I maybe ship. I want to maybe I want to grab a gun. Yeah, you know, yeah. from the from the arms locker. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And I, I mean, these ships are huge on the inside. Yes, these, these they're ships huge are huge and they're huge. custom. Yeah. They're 
you can run in the same ship twice, there's no doubt, but the way, it's not just, think of the ships like in Mass Effect, but even better, even bigger. Yeah. Like it's, the ships are compartmentalized to a crazy degree, and they're crazy modular, crazy customizable. I mean, my little bitty ship, my little bitty single seat fighter, okay, I go in the back, there's a fucking bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a bed back there. It doesn't have a shitter, so I just piss out the back. Uh, but real time pissing and shitting. Real time pissing and shitting. That <laughs> you you laugh, but all the other ships have bathrooms, right? So you need <laughs> so that upgrade. They they actually have bathrooms. Um, but this one just has a little uh a little sleeper bunk, and it's got like a cargo area. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I it's got a, it's got a ramp door in the back where mm-hmm. i can you know onload and offload supplies but my little ship has a shit ton of detail mm. and you imagine some of these huge like 10 person crew oh, fighters wow. now yeah. that's not even to say because they have full-fledged carriers in this oh game. yeah that the they have carriers the scale, that require the, the more you know, interesting upwards of 100 people to run <sighs> and these things i looked at them and i they they were zoomed in on a landing pad and they zoomed out, and they said this thing is the equivalent of six kilometers worth of ship. Wow. Wow. You imagine walking through. You get lost in you that get, thing, yes. and no one would ever find you. Nope. And see, now that's another aspect. Man, you're, you're Adam, you're good at segues, buddy, because that, that reminds me of another aspect. That it, again, just rang an alarm in my head where I was like, that's fucking cool. The scale of this game is universe. If y'all remember, if, if you tune into the, the, what was the last episode we talked about Mass Effect? Mm-hmm. I believe it was. Yeah. Where I was talking about the scale of Mass Effect is my, my top RPG for that because of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the scale of the story in Star Citizen so far is not big. The scale of the physical fucking universe of the game, it mm-hmm. is. It's so ambitious. You know, there there is maybe one or two, you have like, no Man's Sky, where it was like, oh, it's all procedurally generated, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. It's not going to be like that. Yeah. No. It's just procedurally generated, but they give a fuck. Uh, this and they're going to have a full... This isn't like, okay, well, Star Citizen's going to end. Star Citizen is going to be like your WoW or your Final Fantasy fourteen. It's an MMO. Yeah. So it's going to have a full-time support team slash content creation team mm-hmm. even after launch. Yes. They're not just going to put this bad boy out, you know, get, they wipe their hands off and, mm-hmm. you know, go on to the next project. This is the this is the quote-unquote universe that's that's comprised of these nine galaxies and that's it. Yeah. They they are going to be like, "Okay, well, we're going to constantly introduce new stuff and we're going to, you know, this planet is a desert planet, but it had some life on it 200 years ago, and now you can find it if you know where to look, and it's procedurally generated, but but with a twist, mm-hmm. you know, and they're gonna customize each planet, so, where <sighs> so it good. makes a it makes you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of there's something out there to find, yes, if that makes yes. sense. It's not like No Man's Sky where you have the same thing and you have like a giraffe that looks like a slightly different giraffe than you found on the other planet. Okay. Yeah. Think of think of again. This is just tailing back to Mass Effect. Think about Mass Effect Two and or actually I guess all three, where you could go from system 
to system. And then in those systems, you can go to a galaxy. And in that galaxy, you can go to planets in there. Now, imagine going to those planets, and instead of it being just a little square grid, you can drive around on and find, a, you know, about three or four mineral deposits or three or four uh, uh, items to drop. Imagine that you can explore the entire fucking planet. But I'm not done yet. Because the biggest kick, the, the, the alarm bell that rang off to me was they, as developers, said, guys, this is how we're going to do this. When we drop this game, the game that we have out there right now that people can play and live in, and again, I'm just throwing out random fucking numbers straight out of my ass. This is, comp- this is a universe that's comprised of these guys right now, at present, can play on maybe five galaxies total. All those galaxies have anywhere from like six planets to 22 planets. Who knows? And so, yes, you could spend a lot of time right now and go to all these planets. When the game releases, it's going to be more close to 50, 60 galaxies. But, again, that's not well, the you kicker. you mean solar systems. Or solar systems, yes. Yeah. No, that the bigger kicker is is that over the development through patches and, and expansions, they're going to release new solar systems. They're not going to tell anybody about it. They're not going to tell anybody where the fuck they are. Well, not only that, but you also have jump routes, say, uh, from Earth to the nearest star. Mm -hmm. Okay. Occasionally, somebody's going to need to replot that. Yep. Just to make sure that the fucking meteor hasn't drifted into the way. Mm -hmm. And those people are going to die a lot. Yeah. But (laughs) when they don't die, they're uh, they're going to be able to sell that updated jump information Mm -hmm. for a profit. Yeah. You know. And there are going to be people who just do that. They're not explorers. They're just redoing the old yeah. stuff. So imagine you playing the game. Let's say you've. Let's say the game has been released. Oh, yeah. Mining. And, yeah. Let's say you've been playing the game. You haven't. You, there's no expansion yet. No nothing. No nothing new. So you've been the Billy Badass that has played this game 14 hours a day. You've done your sole job with you and your crew has been nothing but exploring. You'll just happen to have been lucky enough to not die. You've had a couple battles here and there across different solar systems, and you've lived. But you, as a cartographer, have been the top dog. You are the cartographer for the entire game. You've mapped out everything. You've made billions of fucking interstellar dollars and they go okay new patches i mean uh, update there's been an update to the game bye that's it so you as a cartographer are going out there and you happen to find you just stumble across a new fucking planet nobody knew about it nobody gave you hints to it you just found it you get to find that planet you get to name it if you have a mining team, you can mine that fucker. You can find out what resources you are there. Could, you could sell that information off to a company, or you could exploit it for yourself. You could just be like, okay, well, I happen to have uh, a pristine planet. Yeah, a Class 5 uh, platinum planet. Mm-hmm. planet mm-hmm. is made of platinum. It's yeah. a giant fucking ball of platinum. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I will sell this information to the – I will sell these coordinates – to the highest bidder. Yeah. You know? You and may get out there just and... Just use the player-based economy to, you know, mm-hmm. ratchet up your money. You may get out there and find a planet, and you're like, well, it's doing all my two, three, four days of research. It seems like it's uninhabitable. And then day five, six, you actually get invaded. You, you didn't know there was a fucking pirate base on there. People have found this planet like four, four weeks ago, and they're doing their best to build a civilization and claim it for themselves. The scale of this game is fucking crazy. And yep. that is awesome. Well, not only that. Let me add another thing. Say you have cargo. 
Okay. So where's cargo come in? Big ass boxes. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? How do you get those big ass boxes from your ship to your base? You use a levitation spell. You don't use your levitation spell. You don't <laughs> have a levitation spell. You grab them with your sticky hands, and they, they modeled this. Mm-hmm. You can grab a cup. You can grab a bowl. You can grab food, whatever it is. Your hands go out and pick up the box. Now you can't shoot your gun. You're carrying a fucking box. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you see this character carry the box and come over there and put it down and go back to get another one. Yep. You know? And you're doing this back-breaking labor while you're in your combat suit yep. or your space suit or something like so that. So not only is the scale of this game huge from the actual planetary interstellar but intergalactic the size, well. the detail down to your – the scale of detail down to your personal level is crazy. It's, and again, yeah. they keep updating it. Every other month you'll just see something. You'll be playing and you'll see this new now, thing. Oh, man, about the my, damage modeling either. My, go ahead. Tell us about the damage the, modeling. The damage modeling. Okay, well, for one, let's talk about damage in the first place. you got uh, two main types of damage. You have ballistic damage, like a bullet or something kinetically impacting the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have energy damage, which is like lasers and shit. Okay? Uh, if you have a, you know, a laser... It's going to basically eat up their shields. So their shields def- deflect a shit ton of laser damage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or don't deflect a whole shit ton of laser damage. They, lasers are what you use to take down someone's shields. Right. If you have a kinetic weapon, it doesn't do much damage to the shields at all. But it does penetrate the shields to a certain extent, to mm-hmm. a reduced amount, mm-hmm. and damages the hull. Mm-hmm. So you have armor values for ships. So ships actually have two different types of defenses. You might have a ship that has really strong sh- shields. And this goes into another thing, which is the variability of every fucking part on this thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you can have shields that have a slow recharge time but are really, really good against impacts. You can have shields that have a really quick, really strong yeah, it all just depends on a the the level of shields that you have, b how good your shield operator is, c uh you know what type of settings you want to go for. But you're gonna have different settings for the shields to be able to tweak them into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they may have a really fast recharge rate, but don't take much damage. Right, That's, you know? man, uh, stuff like that makes you, know? you think. It has to be. You have to be thinking about these things. Yeah, and yeah, each of them has each one of these little settings has an advantage and a disadvantage to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know your shields can't take a whole lot, but they come back online almost immediately. So you know you're good for quick. You know, maybe you want to put that on your racer since racing is also a thing. Right. Um, but now you're looking at how much armor does your ship have? Uh, do you have a big ship? Do you have a little ship? Your ship built like a tank or built out of Mexican beer cans. Who knows? Uh, It might just immediately break as soon as it takes gunfire. Mm -hmm. So now you have to determine what type of weapon you want to shoot it with. And I I said there's two main types of weapons. That's not counting things like distortion cannons or missiles or any of the other variable things that, you know, they have out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are just the main types. So you're, you're looking at. You know, all kinds of different damage, and the damage modeling is all in real time. Yes, I so saw it. So if you take a this. pistol, and you walk up to a, a ship that is docked, and you shoot it, it's going to leave a scorch mark permanently on that ship where mm-hmm. you hit it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, if you take a rocket launcher, I don't even know if they have rocket launchers in the game yet, but, but we you take a rocket launcher and you blow the fucking wing off, the wing is gone until they get it fixed. Until they get it fixed, yeah. Uh, and and that's not to say looks... they can't fly it like that. Right. But that is to say that it's going to maneuver differently. Uh, there are ships that don't use their fucking wings for shit like that. There are ships that depend very heavily on their wings. Mm-hmm. But all that and all this, all the systems inside the ship are mapped out like a schematic on the inside. Mm-hmm. So there's an internal schematic of what the ship looks like. You know, you might just take the paint off of it. You might, their lasers might be super weak. They mm-hmm. won't do a whole lot of damage to armor. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of damage to shield, but not a lot of damage to the armor. So if you got a really armored ship, lasers aren't going to do much to it. You might fuck the paint up. Take that cool-looking, you know, shark face off the front of it. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, you know, it's it not a not a whole lot of thing. But if you shoot it with a, a shotgun, it'll go through the shields and damage the armor. But it would do more damage had it had not had it not had shields up. Right. So <clears throat> you're looking at uh, different things, and uh, who knows what effect gunfire is going to have on the inside of a ship. Right, yeah. We, he's only been talking about the outside of the ship yeah. right now. When you get an inside of the ship, the inside has all kind of physics oh, going all on. All kinds all of cool kind of little things glass that, screens. Things that can be damaged, things that take different types of damage, different levels of damage. Mm-hmm. Whew, man. Yep. So, you might be able to uh, it, it, you reroute power. You know, uh, it, uh, well, I say might, but you will be able to re- say you get hit in a vital spot. Mm-hmm. Somebody just happens to, you know, nat 20 you, and mm-hmm. they hit your life support. And now your your ship has is losing oxygen. It's losing the ability to keep the, the inside warm enough for people to live. Mm-hmm. So you can make a choice there. You can say, okay, well, everybody suit up, you know, and we'll, you know, ride this out. Or you can say, well, maybe I'll take... Uh, one of the weapons offline and reroute the power there to try to get extra power to the life support, which is just barely hanging on right. to to have more of an effect. Uh, it, just little decisions like that, mm-hmm. you know. And but many, and for many people too. Yeah, and we're, how ta- big we're talking about you can have a person running the scanners, running the power, running the cargo, running the, you know, flying the ship, running the weapons. Etc. Right. Uh, so you're you're looking at a fully realized space simulation, and I think it is going to be cool. If there is, it, it, it when I when I think about games that are coming out, there's only two games that are coming out that really have me anywhere near that. Fever you know, pitch. like you said before, where you're just chomping at the bit, kind of mm-hmm. wanting them to come out. I I want to get that way for Star Citizen, but I can't because when I think about it, I'm like. I don't want them to rush it. Yeah. I want them to take their time and do it right. Yes. And I know that he can do it right if he doesn't feel rushed. Right. And what I don't want is like a massive backlash to occur and him to just be like fucking I'll taking, my, turn taking my money out. Here taking my money and running. I gave you a product. Bye. Yeah. Here's your, here's your finished product. I so what's my the other game? Point. The other the other game is actually uh, one by CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be really cool. There's not. There's like a concept video out for it. I have played the tabletop. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the you know tabletop games that I actually really do like the setting of and you know the combat system and 
they've gotten with the actual author of that tabletop game and they are he is basically verifying the authenticity of everything in that game i like that so um and i don't know if they've actually started development of it i think they said they were going to as soon as they got done with the last witcher expansion which came out not too not too recently a year but, ago last two yeah. years ago anyway. so hopefully they've already started on it that would be nice well, that's a couple of cool games for everybody to, to keep in mind cyberpunk but uh, definitely star citizen oh, yeah. if 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 you if anything that we just told you vaguely interests you there's plenty of YouTube. Their their shit gets updated weekly, or I mean, a month. They put month. The the developers and directors put out apparently monthly live feeds, and and their forums are always up, and they're always talking on the forums. There's plenty of videos. There's a beta you can play. You can and again, just like, just like Adam said, don't think of this as some pay to win game. You you can put money down. The money is going toward the project, and you get a ship, so you get something from it. And my God, the scope of this game and the and the level of ambitious these people are going for mm-hmm. is phenomenal oh man really good really really good game so let's let's talk about a very prominent video game series franchise what have you in the gaming world let's talk about zelda oh man i've been waiting to have this talk zelda yeah the Green Warrior of Hyrule. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no real true formats of this conversation. I just, you know, we can start from the bottom. We can start from the original. Start game. from the bottom. We're gonna start with the uh, with Skyward Sword. Uh, well, I. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start from the first. I guess would be a better way to say it. Oh, then. Okay. So uh, Zelda, for anybody who don't know, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> if you don't know about the Zelda franchise, I'd question if you know about Nintendo in general, because oh my God, that is a flagship. That is, that is like a core part of a lot of kids' childhoods right there. Yes. And now we we don't, we say that respectfully because we understand that, you know, there were kids that were born in the 90s that, you know, maybe that wasn't. That wasn't that big. That wasn't your big first games, but for a lot of people. I started out with the Nintendo 64. Yeah, I know people that started out with the PlayStation, and they can talk all day about these these childhood growing as a gamer memories from the PlayStation era, and I'm like, man, I don't remember them games. I remember being like in my teenage years and being like, wow, gaming has finally arrived Mm -hmm. with the five polygons and... Five polygons. Yeah, five, yeah. five polygons. You got one for the head, one for the body, and one of the legs. <laughs> Two arms and another one to be the other leg that kind of drags it around. Yeah. So as sad as this is to say, uh, if we're starting out where you know Zelda started out, I actually, I'm not going to start here. I just want it known that oh god, I started the Zelda franchise with Zelda Two. Oh. Yes. Link's Adventure, I believe it was called. Yep. And the only reason why I got to play that was because when I lived where I lived as a kid, one of the places, uh, my neighbor had a Nintendo, but he was even he it was him and his daughter, and I don't I think he bought it as like what if you understand what the Nintendo was supposed to be, it was marketed as it was a Nintendo entertainment system. It was something that families could have. You can equate it to the way the Wii was made. It was made to be a household item. It wasn't just to be for the people that played Dragon Warrior and the people that played Low G Man and the people that played Blaster Master. It was everybody should want to play Nintendo. We want this in everybody's house. Yeah. So this was a neighbor that 
you know, he, he had a had a really good job and he could afford things and he had a Nintendo for him and his and his kids. And he had a very sparse, very limited library of games. I remember particularly had a, he had a uh, Nintendo game that was a uh, not a wheel. Of, I think it was a Wheel of Fortune game. It was oh, a but it was a kind that had a keyboard kind of apparatus with it and you could type on it. Oh I don't God. Remember. Uh, he had a few other weird games, but he had Zelda. He had he had Zelda Two: Link's Awakening. I mean, oh wow, no, Link's not Awakening. Beep beep, not Link's Awakening. <laughs> uh, edit that one. Link's Sexual Awakening. Uh, Link's Adventure. So that was my foray into the Zelda franchise, and I'm pretty sure at this point, and and when I played that game in my life, there was only those two at that time. There was Zelda and Zelda Two. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything they about were not the, anywhere close to each other. No, either. I didn't know anything about Zelda One, but I did play the first Zelda. I will admit, I never beat Zelda One. I uh, played it. Yeah, I played it several times. It was, and that's just a victim of where I was, just the way that I came across the first Zelda. Because I think when I finally played the first Zelda, I was already into Link to the Past. I mean, once you play that one, it's kind of you're you're kind of in a whole new ball game of Zeldas. Yeah, uh, Zelda was released sometime in the either the late '80s. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess latest '80s because Nintendo was released in 1985, if I'm not mistaken. So this had to be like '86, '87, somewhere. Somebody will fact check me, whatever. Um, I played through it a few times. I think I made it to the third or fourth dungeon. I can totally attest to the difficulty of the game. Uh, I can also attest to uh, a, a big factor of that game was the unknown. You think think of Dark Souls. Like where you don't know what they were thinking when they made yeah, this game. You don't know where the fuck to go. You don't know what the fuck to do. You have to fucking... That was, that was the Nintendo era in general, yeah. basically. A side tangent to that, this is something we can talk about, you know, down the road on another podcast. But now you got to talk about that fucking castle game. There, well, well, there's a reason for why I want to talk about it was because well, there. I agree. I'm Nintendo. Percent fucking. This angry. is what I, I made this statement before. I believe on this podcast is that while Nintendo to me has is this untouchable Disney like aspect. Their That's corporate damn evil shit. Their corporate side too. was fucking evil. <laughs> Zelda, I equate to a game called, and I'm talking about just the how to do things and how to get around. There was a game, for those that don't know, called Mylon's Secret Castle. And this game, the way that you could advance in this game, the way that you had to find keys, the way that you had to unlock dungeons, the way you had to get from one level to the other, had some bad, off-the-wall things that you had to do. But, and here's the big caveat, but, with big quotes and stars around it, if you subscribe to Nintendo Power, they damn near had a player's guide in one of the issues of Nintendo Power, or two or three, I don't know. So, they would make games revolving around the idea that you had no fucking idea what to do, but if you happen to be a Nintendo Power subscriber, if you happen to shell out that monthly fee and get this magazine, we'll show you what to do. Right. We'll tell you what to do. Yeah, just go ahead and uh, just make this impossible game super easy for you. Yeah, and that's 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 what I equate. And it wasn't just like, okay, well, this is hard to do. No, this was... You'll never fucking guess How it. How in the ever-loving fuck was anybody ever supposed to even guess at this? Yeah. And also, and we'll talk about this in in, in one of the uh, coming up Zeldas we're going to talk about. They, they also had, you remember the Nintendo Hotline? Yes. 
Yes, I do. I never, I never got to do it because I, I never had that ability. Once I got, uh, I got some free time in like a game box or something like that. Give me like five free minutes. Oh, cool. I want you to know that four and a half minutes of that five free minutes were ads and going through the machine. Yep. Yep. They knew. They knew. Again, it just goes all into it. They were, they knew how to get your money. They didn't get to just ask a question. They knew. No, it was, it was, you know. You press a button for this game or press a button for that game. But I'm not trying to totally shit on Nintendo when I'm saying this. I'm just saying that... Oh, they deserve to be some shit on They They, they deserve a little bit because, yes, they are a wonderful, fun gaming company, but they there's still the word company in there, and they did several things to help the company's rock-bottom dollar. That's yep. just, just part of the many, many, many reasons why they have so much money that they have. But yeah, I I got stuck in Zelda one the few times I played it, and when I you know read this is before the internet even then, so I had to go either ask around for help or find guides or something, and I would see these things like they would tell you what to do. I, I guess in my age, I wasn't at that age yet where I knew to go read things and go pay special attention and kind of infer what they were hinting at, but. Man, there's some stuff in there that's just you. you Not only that, but like back in the day, like like Simon's Quest, mm, they mm. had some super cryptic ways of telling you what the next thing was. Yep, I just I just tailor that straight to. But if you've got Nintendo Power, yep. we're just saying, we're just saying. Maybe if you got Nintendo Power, you know to get this crystal and kneel by this fucking mountain. Mm-hmm. So what about? Do you have any any interesting things or aspects about the very first Zelda? Any memories or? Oh man. Well, it actually did happened you beat very it? similar, huh? Did you beat it? I did. Okay, cool. cool. I beat the uh, I beat the first quest and the second quest. Oh yeah. But years apart. Um, the first time I played through the game, I I didn't know all the trips, tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of stumbled around through it. Mm-hmm. This was uh, back when I was like seven or eight, mm-hmm. and I just played the fuck out of this game. Okay, and I massacred it, and I finally got through with it. And you find out that, you know, he put some kind of weird thing on the the princess, and you weren't the quest wasn't completely done. Yeah, start over again. For those that know the the ghouls and ghosts fame, right around that same same yeah. mind frame. The, the 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 better part is that they gave you a save. You know? Right. So, um, but, you know, I played through a little bit of the second quest. I was really baffled because they switched everything around for the second quest. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the game was more difficult too. Oh yeah, it was way more difficult. So I was like, well, you know, I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing now. And um, I, I stopped because I, I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, and then years later, I once again went over to my grandmother's and stayed over there for a summer. And she had a Nintendo there, and she had Dragon Warrior. And Zelda and a list of other games, but I beat the crap out of those two games that mm-hmm. summer. And uh, I remember because my uh, I learned at that point that if you put Zelda in as your name, you started on the second quest. Oh, wow, nice. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you can't say it after the fact. Shut oh, up. Yo, we should spoil the ending of Zelda 1. That's it. Podcast over. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> Now, how did you how did you know that? Did you figure it out? I think it was in. I, I think it was either somebody told me or I found it in a book. I don't remember exactly when. You weren't just fucking around it. one day. It's like, what if I put Link or Zelda's name? Yeah, I guess it'd be the only natural way you could find this. Oh, that's probably why everybody thinks his name is Zelda. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you name him Zelda in the first 
Zelda game, then he starts the, the save file will already have the sword in his hand, mm-hmm. and you're already on the second quest. That's cool. And, uh, and then I proceeded to beat the dog shit out of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just did not give up until it was over. It didn't take me very long to get back into the, the swing of killing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, I went off onto, onto the Dragon Warrior stuff mm-hmm. and, and massacred that one, too. Zelda, uh, again, just is either reminiscing for people that have that have played it or talking to those that don't know it. It's a the Zelda, the original Zelda was a overhead perspective, top down. It's three quarters. Had, uh, three three quarter isometric view, etc. Yep. Um, and the the term Metroidvania is very popular. Some people don't like it. I I like it. It it I I get what people are saying when they say Metroidvania. Um, but it's it has a lot of those aspects where there's a dungeon, but you need a key. You got to go find the key. You got to find a way to get to the dungeon, or you got to find a way to get you to. Got, you got to find a way to get item. Yeah, you got to have an item to get into the cave that lets you find the key that lets you get to the dungeon. It's it's all around those. Yeah, and then once you do that, if we go back and find some stuff that you couldn't get by before, now mm-hmm. you can get by it. You find weapons. I mean, your main your main weapon is a sword, but I mean, you find bombs that'll let you blow up walls and mm-hmm. enemies. You find boomerangs that can and hit them from a distance and can potentially stop them in their tracks. You have different levels of enemies. You have little one-shot enemies. You have ones that take about eight hits. And that goes for the enemies in the dungeons as well. And the dungeons work the same way. You typically need an item or, or a key or some sort to, to advance. You have a boss. You beat the boss. You get, you get a part of the main quest line, and you get a health upgrade. Yep. Uh, very, had a lot of very tried and true things that we're used to today were started and and definitely tailored for a big audience back then. Good game. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I imagine sometime in the future I can go back through it and beat it, but I never have, unfortunately. Well, that's not I mean, that's not a discredit to the a, game, though. It's a magical game. Yeah. Magical game. Now, later on, a year, two, three, whatever down the road, Zelda 2 Link's Adventure come, came out. Now, you have to think, if you were a person in that wheelhouse, I love the word wheelhouse. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to get a wheelhouse counter eventually, uh-huh. along with uh, butt-fucking. We need a butt-audience. We need a butt-fucking counter and a, a counter for... What's the word I just said? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, wow. Really? Really? I don't remember the word you just said. Right now, somebody's going back. That motherfucker said he don't have a memory, but he really does. <laughs> he, 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 he does not have fish. a memory at all. <laughs> wheelhouse. Uh, wheelhouse. We need a wheelhouse counter and butt-fucking counter. Anyways, so imagine being counter. somebody who, who, even at a youth, you've played through Zelda, and you fucking, either you struggled through it or you made it through it regardless, but you loved Legend of Zelda. You love that first game. And then through Nintendo Power or Word of Mouth or however the fuck they were advertised back into, hey guys, Zelda 2's coming. And you get home and you pop Zelda 2 in your Nintendo and you go, well, what the fuck is this? Yep. Zelda 2 is not like Zelda 1. Not it at is side scrolling for the most part. You have a. Oh, you have Platforming. A, yeah. It has platforming. There's jumping involved. There wasn't any jumping in the first Zelda. Fucking attacks. Yeah. Some people thought that was a really cool improvement. Yeah. I did not. Oh, yeah? No. Not a, not even a little bit. I did not like having to grind. Mm-hmm. I did not like having to uh, fight random battles. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the platforming because um, I was that kid that, that wasn't super good at platformers. Mm-hmm. I could beat them. And I, I did beat stuff like Mario and all that, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not enjoy dodging 
balls on a screen until I got a little bit more dexterous. Right. So when I was playing the game, my hands were little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little baby, little baby, baby hands. hands. It's a little teeny tiny NAS controller. Okay. So you got sturdy as a fucking rock, ha- though, boy. Gotta imagine how little my hands were uh-huh. trying to grip this thing, and uh, you know, it just it would it did not work out well. So there was combat in the game that took place. You could you could walk in the overworld and and go around to get to dungeons and get to other towns and whatnot. But if you got into a battle that was on the overworld, you would just see these black figures just randomly patterned walking around. And if you ran into them, and they didn't really make sense because they didn't look like the enemies from the first game. Yeah, no, no, you 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 were pretty much faced with all new. Yeah, like enemies. blobs. There were some some enemies that were the same, but there is. Just some weird stuff. You kind of recognized Link because he still had a green tunic and he still fought with a sword. He looked a lot better. You didn't. I don't. Now again, somebody's going to correct me because I, I, just like Zelda One, I've never beat Zelda Two, and that's a staple for a lot of people. Zelda Two ramped up the difficulty. Yeah, it was pretty to good. a it was pretty tough stupid game. fucking degree. Um, but I don't. If if they are, I don't remember seeing them. But I never saw like. Octoroks. I never saw a, a lot of the standard enemies that you just came became familiar with in Zelda One. Mm-hmm. But so you're walking around the overworld, you see these little black shapes moving around, and if they bump into you, you bump into them. It doesn't. It's not like it doesn't take you to a menu like Dragon Warrior. It takes you to a side-scrolling actiony thing. So now you have one to four, seven enemies on a little field, and you kill them, and you know f- clear the field. You can move on. Uh, and your your attack had different stances. You could attack high. You could attack low. You could jump on top of them and do like a fucking Scrooge duck techniques and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Magic. Uh, it had magic. There was there were items as well. You know, you can go around and find different items and do different things. Um, man, that, I just I again at that youth, I remember that difficulty more than than anything else in that game because I would always get around to the same spot and be like, I just can't fucking, I can't do this. Just rough. You know, you're staggering into the next town on like a wing and a prayer. Yeah. You get into an enemy and you're like, oh man, I go, I'm in a new area. Here's a new enemy. Well, they get, they, they got to be slightly more difficult right now. They just fucking rape you and you're dead. Oh, 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 oh. You start over. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, that laugh at the end. Yeah. Uh, there's a... Did you know that that laugh is the same laugh they used? Oh, God, I, please get this right. That is the same laugh that Boo uses from Nintendo 60, Mario 64. It was just sped up. Really? That The Ganon laugh is a Ganon. That is from audience. Track this down with your super sleuth methodology. That laugh is from somewhere else. It's from something else. Either okay. somebody, either another game used that laugh or that laugh was taken from somewhere else. Either way. Probably from Punch Out. Uh, yes, it was a Soda Popinski laugh. Ah, yes, good, good. Adam. Fuck See? yourself a star right See? now. Take my permanent marker over there and just draw a star. Okay, on your I'm going to do it right now. Just, <laughs> straight Lancel um, Lannister right on my forehead. Yeah. So we're already through two Zelda games. Sadly, I don't have a fuck ton to add to it. Uh, I love. I like Zelda One for what it was. I. I actually didn't mind Zelda 2. I just minded the difficulty. I didn't feel like I progressed enough. And again, just the availability, the way that I played the game. I played at a neighbor's house. I didn't have I didn't have it in my house and had all this time to devote to it. I never beat it. I haven't beaten it to this day. Um, I know that there's some cool stuff in the, down the road. I mean, I know that's where the, uh, if I remember straight, that's where the uh, prominent 
uh, Shadow Link fight. That's the first time you fight Shadow Link. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he's super fucking rape you in the face hard. Uh, you can cheat him. Apparently, yeah. But I never even got that far, so I have no idea. So moving on, the next game to come out, which I've talked a little bit about, um, Zelda A Link to the Past. Now, this is where my dates start to get confused. So if I happen to mention these or Adam mentions these out of the order as far as uh, chronologically speaking, uh, we're sorry. But around this time, Zelda Link to the Past and Zelda Link's Awakening. But I'm just going to talk about Link to the Past first because it's the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, Link to, Link to the Past came out first, I believe. Yeah. Holy shit, what a fucking game. If you were a gamer that happened to have this bitch packed in with your Super Nintendo, what a treasure you have. Yep. Holy cow. That is probably that is arguably to this day the best Zelda game in the franchise. Usually... The, and, and we're taking Breath of the Wild out of out of the picture for right now because I haven't personally played it, um, and Skyward Sword because I haven't played it either. I've got to sit on my shelf. Uh, usually, people argue heavily between Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past, and I've got no problem with that argument because mm-hmm. they're both good. But we're talking about Link to the Past right now. Tell me about your experiences with Link to the Past. Well, I already Te- told you. I played the first. It couple minutes and then the power got turned off and i never played it again <laughs> so all right well moving on <laughs> <laughs> no um uh, that was the uh, actually one of my older my only older cousin actually helped me beat that game mm-hmm. over the uh, over a long time i played that game religiously uh, <clears throat> he came over and he basically showed me all the tips and tricks to how to, you know, defeat some of the bosses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, we went through there and he showed me the dark world and all this. It was, it was such a great game. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember spoilers. Yes. Uh, from this point, Paul, we're probably going to talk about, we're going to talk about cool moments and memorable moments and bosses and dungeons and everything. So from this point forward, we're going to be spoiling it. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of just gushy kind of moments. Yes. You know, where you're just like, wow, this is like the cool, you'd hear that. That boss theme. Da, na, 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 na. He just knew you were in for some <laughs> shit. I'll just do the boss theme while you're talking. Go. But we did have. Uh, I, I remember the very first boss I beat. It was the uh, the little Armos Knights. Uh-huh. That's what they were called. Mm-hmm. And you got the bow in the in the little dungeon with them, and they were weak to the bow, and they did their little stomp and thing. And you just basically went through there and crushed them. Right. Oh man. We can we can before before we even get to the memorable moments, we can talk about things about this game. Okay. Number one, the music in this game was great. Yeah, it was great. Everything had a theme. Everything had flowing themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just composed very well. Was tense when it needed to be. Was very relaxing and walking around adventurous when it needed to be. Uh, it, it is the staple of traditional Zelda. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is the benchmark of today. It's the last one with that 3D isometric view going back to the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were 
all kinds of little secrets and stuff. Yeah. Like you could get the magic boomerang by mm-hmm. tossing your boomerang in here and getting an enchanted. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You know, yeah, and you, have you ever played a game where you could strike your weapon on a wall and it would be like ting ting and you go to one spot and it goes thunk, thunk, and you're like oh maybe I should do something here oh open up a secret area mm-hmm. it might have been done before that but I predominantly remember that in Link to the Past yep and you just pick it around at stuff uh, there were all kinds of they they found the last secret like years and I years love hearing later. that I love when when I see shit on my Facebook pop up and say hey this game has been out for 32 years we just found this new thing that no I would some love some fucking cancer kid <laughs> didn't get thrown in the trash but instead had some stuff from fucking put in there from Zelda actually I think he like won a contest or something can you imagine being the creator of this game and leaving your game out there and then getting an email or some shit like two decades down the road. Hey, somebody found this thing. Is this true? And you'd be like, oh, man, it took like two decades. Yep. I put that in there and I never told anybody about it. Um, good stuff. So the the sound was great. Mm-hmm. The music was great. The, the graphics was on point. The graphics. So now you've moved up to a 16-bit system. You've moved up to the Super Nintendo. The graphics were for what for back then, fucking beautiful. You could ram the trees and fucking apples would fall out. Yes, you could find so many things in this game that are just. I wonder if I, if I just try this, what'll happen? Mm-hmm. And you find secrets. Uh, graphics were good. The, the 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 fluidity of the graphics were really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the story. It actually had a. I say the story on this one because, as opposed to the first Link, the first Zelda, this had a easier to follow story. When you talk to somebody, they basically tell you, "Hey, you need to go around this area and go find this thing." And you get there, and they're like, "All right, well, you can use this over here." As a, "Hey, your next objective is in the Lost Woods. You need to get in there." And you get to Lost Woods, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I got to figure out what to do in here." So it led you on. It still had exploration because it was a bigger world. It was a much bigger world. But it it didn't lead you strictly by the hand. You still had to explore and go try things out and and, and figure things out in in this game. There were all kinds of little things to find, too. Mm -hmm. Like finding the flippers. Yep. And finding, you know, going around and um, there was like a fish. Did you know that you could grab a fish, walk it all the way back to the village, and give it to one of the merchants. No, I did not. And he would give you a shit ton of, like, stuff. He's like, hey, I heard eating fish makes you smart. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are all these little things, you know. And then, you know, so they added, and mechanics were were solid. There there was a robust item system now. So, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the items that you use in today's Zeldas, they have the same kind of aspects. Again, you can throw a boomerang at something, and if you can hit it from a distance, it may do damage, but it, again, it may just stop them in their tracks. They may be weak to the boomerang. You have a mm-hmm. hook shot now that'll let you go all the way across the screen. Yeah, uh, the Pegasus boots. Yeah, you have a Pegasus boot that that'll make come you back. They'll 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 make you sprint, and if you have that sprint on, you could dash right. through enemies. They, with decide, your sword they decided out. they wanted to give Link a horse, but what they needed to do was bring back the Pegasus boots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had magic items you could, and they had they had ones that were kind of yeah maybe one offs like the like the uh, the Solomon Cane I think it was is yeah, that the one like that put one the block that down? You from getting, uh, that one the Solomon Cane Solomon Cane was the one that 
I think made you invincible. Oh well, then that's a like very good across, one. <laughs> you could walk across like spikes or something like that. Yeah, there the, was there was a red cane. Yeah, the there blue was a cane was the one that made you invincible. The red cane put down a block. Yeah, it, it actually puts a generic block down, but you can use that for puzzles in a dungeon or two mm-hmm. because there will be a you know a button on the floor and you can put the block down on the floor button and then the door would open if mm-hmm. you happen to get off it. If you stood on it the, and you walked off, the door would close. You put a block a block down. I can't talk. You put a block down. I get excited. That's why. Yep. You put a block down. The door stays open. You know, tongue tied. Yeah, can't help it. But uh, there were bottles. You could you could find these fucking. There's four bottles in the game, and you can fill them up with things. You could fill yep. them up. You could find a fucking fairy and capture the fairy. You can either yeah, use the fairy in battle and get really your, really cruel to capture a fairy with the net, put it inside a bottle, and store mm-hmm. it there. I'm pretty sure that the last thing the fairy would do would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna save Link." Sweet. It'd be like. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. Speaking of fairies, you could find fairies out. You could find these big fairies out in the overworld that would put you to all, you fill your health all the way back up. Give you, you more bomb up. slots. Give, give you, you more, more arrow slots. Yes. Uh, the different NPCs in the game, some of them, most of them had dialogue. Most of them just did ho-hum things, but some of them have different at, different quest to take on like when you go into the main town which i believe was still named kakariko village I, I, hopefully it, hopefully it was uh you can go around the town and you'll see this boy off in the distance and if you get close to him he fucking sprints off there's no way you can catch that dude by running mm-hmm. so fast forward in the game you find the pegasus boots he takes off you put the pegasus boot you run after him you catch him he's like oh here's a thing like little cool things like that. You mm-hmm. find a blacksmith's hut, and they're just tinking away, and they're like, "What? Well, well, I'm actually, I could, I could, I could build you a really cool sword if I knew where my my partner was. You find him, you bring him back here. I'll fucking hook you up. And mm-hmm. later on, you find him. And you, this is also taking out completely. There is a light world and a dark world mechanic. There yeah. are two separate maps in this game. Both with towns, both with people, both with enemies, both with dungeons. Just you can go back and forth between the two, and it, it changes. And you have to to unlock a lot of the content. Yeah. Another another really cool thing is like uh, they they kind of uh, upped the game a little bit and made it a little bit darker of a story. Yeah. You yeah. had several people died. Mm-hmm. You had your your uncle dies. Your uh, the sage dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the um, the little boy. Yeah, played the flute. Yeah, he dies. Yeah, uh, you can send him off and give him a good, you know, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. You find all you find all kinds of cool little things that happen, and it's just uh, it, it took a little bit of a darker tone, especially when you get to the dark world. You go through the village and see all the destruction that has been caused there. Mm-hmm. You know where you know the town is full of crap. Yep. You know, and where, where Ganon's all really the houses put his are bombed on out. Things. Yep. You know, thieves run the town. Mm hmm. So, so cool. This was another game. Well, I, I equate this as, as far as quality, kind of akin to Mario World, Super Mario World, where mm-hmm. you can tell they just took what was there and they gave it a facelift. They upgraded things, they added new mechanics, they added new graphics, they added, they just upped their game on all these pedestals. And it was very. Very well done. Had a great ending. Had great music, uh, musical score to the ending. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, see. it was it was really the definitive 
the definitive classic Zelda. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to, I mean, every little thing from the, you know, the first sword all the way to the fucking, the final master sword you get, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all just, it as soon as you get the master sword itself and you pull it out of that stone, yes, you know, the second you do it, you just get chills because you're like, whoa, this sword is like blinking yep. and glowing and it's like, whoa, it feels powerful. Yep. And every upgrade you get to it feels even more powerful, mm-hmm. you know? And spoilers, this is another good testament to the game. When you first start that game, roundabout after the first or second little mini sort of pseudo quest you have, mm-hmm. they tell you that, hey, you want to get to the castle, you want to take down this this mage, you need to get through this door. The only thing they can get through that door is a Master Sword. To get the Master Sword, you got to go here to this dungeon, do this thing. you got to go here to this dungeon, do this thing. you got to go here to this dungeon and do this thing. That will let you get access to the Master Sword. Then you can go to that castle and do your thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't opened the map at this point, if you haven't got the scale of this game... You may be shortchanging yourself thinking, man, it's just three dungeons. Now, the dungeons are fucking great. The dungeons have all those mechanics you know from Zelda. There's, oh, there's yeah. key over here, weapon over here. You you need this to do that. All great things. You get through those first three dungeons, you get the Master Sword, game's not over. You just unlocked eight more dungeons. Now, yep. that is fucking... Any game that does that where you're like, man, I thought this was either close to the end or, or doing some more, it's like we got a lot more content for you. Awesome, 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 awesome game. Yep. So uh, the next game we'll talk about in the Zelda series, and we may even miss a couple, but uh, we'll do our best to skim through them. Zel- uh, Link, uh, Link, your name is Link today, Adam. Hello, Link. Link. <laughs> no, you're Link. I'm not Link. Oh, you can be Zelda. Uh, no. No. I mean, I'm I'm good looking, but not that good looking. Um, <laughs> you don't have you do. You are wearing that sexy green shirt. Adam did tell me that there's a few Zelda games he hasn't played. Hey, there's a few of them even I haven't played. So uh, we'll try to hit them all. The Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. I have played <sighs> about 15 minutes of. What? My yep. heart. My heart, Adam. You're yep. kidding me. Well, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. I have played extensively. I played it. I beat it several times. I've oh, also yeah. played the Link's Awake the, the 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 Game Boy Color version, which I I like it even more, even better. Um, good game. You can't go wrong with it because you're just getting this. You're getting more of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that Zelda does really well. Uh, I akin this to the Final Fantasy way of thinking. There is a high rule. Yes. And there is a Link, yes. There's a Zelda, yes. There's a Ganon, yes. There's a Kakariko Village, there's a Boomerang. There are aspects that transfer from game to game, yes. But the world that you played in the first Zelda is not the world in Link to the Past. Nope. The world that you played in in Link to the Past is not the world you played in Link's Awakening or Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess, and on up the chain. Mm. You play in the same themed world. You play with the same themes, but they always facelift it. They always do things better or different. They, just, they change it for you. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a light or a light and dark world aspect of Link's Awakening, but you do wind up on an island. Uh, the same type of gameplay. It's it's isometric, top-down view. Uh 
you just get more of the same folks. There's there's new dungeons. There's there's new enemies. There's its own little storyline, which is actually very good. I think I forget who it was. Somebody told me that the uh, the uh, links away. If you're out there, let me know who you were. I think you're a family member, but you said that the uh, links links awakenings ending is your absolute favorite ending, either in gaming or or in uh, or the Zelda franchise. Um, you have to go around and find these different wep- these uh, different musical instruments to uh, to unwake to awake this uh, fish, and then I won't tell That's you what right. happens in the it's end. It's called. The Legend of Zelda, the sleeping fish. The Zvindvish. The sleeping fish. You must wake up Zvindvish. Uh, and again, just like fish the, whisper, just like the links to the link to the past, there are things in this game that are just little moments, little things you can do. You have you find a chain chomp. Up oh, spoilers! Oh God, uh, you find a chain chomp in the game, and you're like, "What the fuck is a chain chomp doing in a Zelda game?" Well, it's a it's a Nintendo. It's a Nintendo game, so they can do what they want. Side note. Here we go. Side tangent. Go! Did you know that that in Mario 3, if you stay right out of the range of the chain chomp and just fucking sit there... He'll come off that chain. He'll come off that goddamn chain. Yes. Love that. Just fucking... That was always the moment. Side side tangent. Uh-oh. This is the this is something that I love about Nintendo. It's just what you was talking about with Zelda, and just what you just made another point about. I love the little touches that Nintendo puts in their games. Yep, there's it's so the many little, things. little bitty things. That's why Nintendo does it so right. Um, but yeah, you find a chain chomp in Link's Awakening, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And hey, there's a whole little side quest to do with this chain chomp. There is not a Princess Zelda in Link's Awakening, but there is a female figure that has a slight that's romantic... Where, that's where he started cheating on Zelda, right yep. there. Yep. Link's I knew got he'd like, work adultery in somewhere. Link's got you? like 20 girlfriends. <laughs> well, apparently the fan art, yeah, he's got a lot of them. Oh, God. I mean, well, oh, we God. all... Oh, God. I'm this per- went into a dark place. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you... This were... went into a very, very dark No, you're place. making it dark. You I didn't it. say you, Rule 34. You, you did. You no. Did. You just well, I mean, did. I did just now. You did. But Oh God! It went darker. <laughs> um, I, this is something I've always known about Zelda for year, uh, Link for years. Girl, it's always something you always known about me. Huh? <laughs> girls love Link. I mean, he's a blonde haired blue eyed, adventurous guy. Of course, girls love him, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he does have a different interest in this game, and she has a, she has a prominent role. There's a, there's it's just more of the good. Now, the memories that I have with this game. Oh, God, I'm about to get crucified, I know, because I know. Yep, here you go. I'm going to set this up. I'm going to tell you all this right now. Now, Adam can disagree because he, I don't think he promotes himself as like some pro gamer that completes everything and no. knows everything and does everything. That's not me. Oh, thank God, because I neither will, am I, I. Like I said in the very first episode, I want 100% a game unless it is, unless it has hit that point with me. There are a a few key exceptions for me 100% in the game. Yeah, Most of the time, I'm like, fuck that. I ain't doing that shit. The takeaway from what I'm saying here is I haven't beat every single game that I've played. Tangent, I actually have a notebook um, right here in the room somewhere, unless I put it up. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone forever. Nope, it's right up there. Uh, I actually went through, this is another takes fucking uh, years to do. I went back and try to catalog every single video game that I've ever played, mm-hmm. whether I beat it and um, if I've played it 
if I beat it and if I 100%ed it. Surprisingly, guys, I've only actually played about 900 video games in my time, and I've only beat about 300 of them. Now, this I stopped updating this back in like 2014, so it's 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 out of date. But the point I'm getting at is, I have not beat every single game that I'm going to tell you about in this podcast, and that's mm. starting now. Uh, also. There are times where I have no problem admitting when I got stuck in something. One thing I cannot stand is when I'm talking to somebody about games and I'm just too busy gushing about the game and I happen to mention it. Oh, and I died to this. And they're like, oh, I didn't die to that. I beat that first try. I don't, look, I'm not here. To, this is not a fucking dick. As long as you don't get stuck like that one kid did in Sea Coden on like the first fucking screen. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take that back to him and rub it in his face. I figure out how to get out of the throne room. <laughs> I just, just I totally just, stuck here. I, we actually just got a kick out of the fact that he got stuck in the first like ten minutes of the game. He's like, and he looked at, it, he's like, yeah. I was like, man, I can see how you got stuck. I wasn't like, that was so easy. What a scrub you are for you not being. Just had your pinky out the entire time, the whole cup time, of tea. the whole time I was talking sip, to him. You're just sipping tea. Mm-hmm. So anytime that I tell you that I got stuck in something, if if the retort is, well, I beat that, that was easy. I mean, I don't fucking care. I've been through Dark Souls. <laughs> I've been through games that are designed to make you die repeatedly, and I have died repeatedly. I've been through games that are supposed to be baby easy, and there's shit things that, got, that I got stuck on. Yeah. Whoop-de-fucking-do. The point is that I play them, I enjoy them, I overcome them, whatever. In Link's Awakening, uh, I played this... I remember playing it one time when I was uh, visiting some family up north, and I got stuck on this dungeon. I think we were there for like four days, and I was stuck. Oh, God. I was stuck in the, I want to say it's the second dungeon in the game. It's the Bottle Grotto. I got, uh, spoilers, spoilers. I can't believe we got to say this 50 times, but I'll do it for you folks, because we love you. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Uh... (laughs) There's the boss in this dungeon. You find a power bracelet. There are items in this game that need to be pushed or picked up and thrown or moved or whatever, and you mm-hmm. as Link cannot pick them up. If yeah. you find the power bracelet, you can pick them up. Also, side tangent: this was the first Zelda that had a jump ability. Yep, he can get the rock's feather and he can jump. Pretty cool. But uh, so I found every time that even me thinking it about is not the first Zelda where he had the jump ability. Hmm. The first Zelda where he had the jump ability was Legend of Zelda 2. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Redacted. Okay, well, then this is the first one that specifically required an item to do it. Yes, okay. I, I can't save myself on that one, can I? No. There's no saving. <laughs> the other I should one was get, a 2D. I am, I am feeling virtual, like, eth- ethereal blades going into my neck right now. How the fuck <laughs> dare you get the Zelda wrong? Uh, I so, saved you a lot of nasty grams yeah, in the comments yeah. section. So I'm playing through this game, and in this dungeon you find a power bracelet. It lets you pick up heavy items and do what you need with them. And again, just thinking of just thinking that I was stuck on this part, it, I, I just grabbed my head and just sh- I just shake my head. Dang. I got to the boss. The boss is some clown-like deity, and he's in a bottle. And he's like, Wah, here I am. And he goes into the bottle, and the bottle starts bouncing around. If I remember right, if you hit that bottle with your sword, it can stop him from bouncing. If you hit the sword, if you hit the bottle with the sword, it does not damage him though. Mm-hmm. I could not how to f- figure out how to fucking beat this boss. At this point, I also had bombs, so I thought I tried. I think you could pick up bombs when you had them. 
If I couldn't, either I put bombs on the ground and hoped that he would bounce on it, or I would hit him, stop him from bouncing, and put bombs on the floor, and they would hit him, but it wouldn't do anything. So I'm whacking this fucker with my sword. I'm throwing bombs on him. I'm hitting him with, uh, maybe you had the boomerang. I think I threw the boomerang at him. I don't know. I was stuck on this guy for fucking days. Now, you were mentioning the hotline earlier. I didn't have access to the hotline. I wasn't able to use it. Mm-hmm. But I did have a typewriter that my grandmother, grandfather gave to me from up north. Yeah. And I used this typewriter. I wrote Nintendo, the company, all the time. I, I can't believe I threw this away at some point in my life. But I had an envelope where I wrote 13 times. And Nintendo responded all 13 times. So I had like two, three Damn. page direct from Nintendo uh, letters about things. And one of the things that I wrote them was, hey, I'm playing Link to the Link's Awakening, and I am stuck in Bottle Grotto. I can't beat this boss. Help me out. And I got the reply. They said, hey, you got the power glove in the first in that dungeon. Why don't you use the power glove, pick up the bottle, and throw the bottle? And I was like, oh, my God. How could I Maybe. be so dumb? They gave me. I even had to pick up pots. I had to, I had to pick up things that I couldn't think to pick the fucking bottle up. You hit him, he stops, you pick the fucking bottle up, you throw it at the wall, the bottle cracks. Eventually he pops out, you kill him, boom, done. That was the first time. Uh-huh. Second time I got stuck on this I probably would never have figured that shit out. Oh, yeah. Second <laughs> time just, I got stuck on him. I want to say the name of the, of the dungeon. I was stuck in a dungeon. I think it was Eagle's Tower is what it was called. It was like the seventh or eighth dungeon, maybe, maybe the last dungeon before the final boss. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So I've done all the things I can in this dungeon, okay? This dungeon was a multi-tiered dungeon. There were four levels, if I'm not mistaken, and if fifth if you include where you fight the boss at. In this dungeon, part of the level design is there are these gigantic uh, pillars that they look just like part of the level, but I thought they were just a structure. I thought they were just there to just add more visual detail that, hey, this is a multi-tiered dungeon, and these pillars are holding up the levels. So I'm going through, I'm going up and down. Now, you think the fucking water palace from Ocarina of Time, which we'll get to, was a bad thing? Well, this was my first water palace because there were multiple levels, and there are things to do that affected. You You could drop something through a hole, and it would land on the floor below you, which you could use to go bang a wall or go do whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was in this dungeon, and I did every fucking thing I could in this dungeon. I think there was a key that I needed, and I couldn't get to the fucking key. I even went back to the previous dungeon to see if maybe I was supposed to carry a key over. That didn't make any sense to me. I didn't think that was a solution because if I've already had Link to the Past in my in my house. Ha, wheelhouse. Ah! Uh, 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 Counter goes, uh, uh. ding! Somebody takes a shot. Email gets sent. Cool. I'm surprised you remembered the word. Yep. Uh, I had I already had Link to the Past under I mean uh, yeah Link to the Past under my belt so I knew I had a pretty good idea that if you needed something for that dungeon it was in that dungeon yeah so that didn't work I kept going I would go up levels and try things I was doing the whole bang my sword on a wall couldn't find any walls to blow up even that didn't make any sense because if the, if you needed to progress directly through the dungeon I don't remember many times where they made you have to find a secret like secrets were good stuff they were mm. more hearts or bombs or arrows or whatever so I said all right I got an out. I wrote Nintendo again. I said, I'm stuck on this thing. This is what I've done. I can't figure out where the fuck I'm supposed to go. They sent me a letter back. Said, hey, buddy, did you by chance see this uh, black orb? Kind of looked like a giant black turtle shell in the level. 
you can pick that up, which I did. They said you can use that. You can maneuver it around. Well, I picked this fucking thing up, and I brought it through levels. I dropped it down holes. I did everything. They said the pillars that are in that level hold the floors up. You can take that black thing and throw it against a pillar, and when you knock all four pillars down, it drops a level down and marries two levels together and creates a new level. <sighs> okay. Damn. Okay. So I grabbed the How do fucking... you do that and not get crushed by this falling floor? I don't know. So I I fucking grabbed this thing up and I threw it at him and and I beat the dungeon. But that those were two times. I'm pretty sure there had to have been a time in Link to the Past, I just can't remember, where I was just like, how... How was I supposed to know that? And I'm sure there are 70 people right now going, oh, come on, man, I figure that's easy. Different people have different gauges for difficulty in game. There are things that are going to catch you that are not going to catch me. I just don't hold it to people. Those were my two because I was beyond frustrated. Beyond, I was like, man, I should just start over. Maybe I, maybe I fucked up the save file. Maybe I threw a key where I wasn't supposed to. Who knows? And it was like, nope, this is how you, this is how you get past the level. Um, I ended up finishing the game, had a really good time with it, had all kind of good mechanics with it, uh, good music, everything. Had for, for a Game Boy game, really good graphics, really good music, memorable music. Uh, had many quests. Uh, you had to go around and find these uh, hidden seashells throughout the level, and if you collected enough of them, you could, you could get... fight off Jaws. Yes, to fight off Jaws. You good fling them good. at Jaws. All the references, we go to Jaws. Yes. Man, so good. Uh, you can. I think you get an upgraded sword if you collect them. I don't know if they went in tiers. Like if you get ten, you get, they may have. You maybe get money or something, or rupees or something. But. You, you could also use the bathroom in Demolition Man. This has nothing to do with with Link. It's awakening. What? Just seashells. You're man. fucking things up, Adam. Seashell. You gotta learn how to use the seashells. <sighs> so the next game, <laughs> the next game we can talk about again. I don't know where it comes into play in the series, but we can talk about. Uh, which do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Wind Waker or do you want to talk about uh, Twilight Princess? Let's fuck the two and let's talk about the one that counts, Ocarina <laughs> of Time. I know some writing, that was good. Because somewhere yeah. was like, oh, this motherfucker going to skip over Ocarina of Time? Yep. <laughs> yep. Nope. Let's talk about Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64. That game fucking sucks. Moving on Moving to what. <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me your memories and thoughts and moments in Zelda Ocarina of Time. Well, like I said, man, I, I beat that game over the course of a summer. It, it's the second time I've actually done that to a Zelda game. Um, if you remember earlier in, a, in the other podcast, I, I did mention that that was one of my premier gaming moments where I, I just sat there and, and, and went over every little bit of this game as much as I could. Um, there is a, I guess, a, a special place in my heart for this fucking game. Yeah, it's well a, warranted. You know, it's one of the the last Zeldas that I was really wanting to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I, every other Zelda that's come since then has been something that I picked up, you know, just because it was around. Mm-hmm. But this one, it was, you know, it was something where I was like, man, I really wish I could play this game. I thought the, uh, the Z targeting was amazing. It was one of the first games to figure out a lock-on system for 3D combat. So good. You know, uh, it, you know, it had a wide range of stuff that you could do in it. 
I mean, everything everything about this game was cool. Another another game, just like the last few, that just had little touches all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and it also had two different worlds. Yep, it had two different worlds. Yep, it had, uh, you know, the grown-up land, and then it had the, the young person land. Really tickles your Chrono Trigger uh, I mean, nerve didn't, if you need it didn't, They didn't go back and fuck this game up to make the sequel <laughs> make more sense. So, no. I challenge you to go one podcast without mentioning. Well, you you fucked me over. I was going this one. It was it was one. making it. It was making it. Can, when we do have the Chrono Cross talk in officially, are you? Oh, gonna, is, gonna be a lot will of that cursing. be enough? Will that be enough? No. God. Anyway, Ocarina of Time had cool moments. Had had two different worlds. Had mm-hmm. uh, you had young Link and you had old Link. Oh God, I get this. Uh, spoilers. Um. You you can travel between the two timelines and they affect different things. Really good stuff. You get, I mean, it introduced a whole lot of things. You had the the masks. You had the uh, you know you had the horseback riding and the archery contests and mm-hmm. uh you, you had the whole concept of it being a three D game and using a first person mode to aim. Yep. Um. Yep. Puzzles became a lot more intricate. Yeah, because now you're on a 3D plane. Correct. Uh, you know, it had the scale of the enemies became huge. Yep. Uh, it went from being like, okay, well, that's a big sprite on the screen to being like, wow, look at that thing tower above me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, fights, you know, became more uh, talent based. Yeah. I guess you had to roll in, dodge, roll out. You know, block, attack, use different you know combinations of weapons. Mm-hmm. There were it was just a it was a ma- a massive step up for the for the series really. Yeah, on every level. On yeah, every conceivable level. They had you know just you know the side quests, the mini games. You know, uh, did did you get bigger on sword? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, running around with that thing was awesome. Yep. It's, Swacking the crap out of stuff. I, I love how they had a fake bigger on sword. Yep. So you got this sword and you're like, fuck yeah, swing one. Oh, that does a fuck ton of damage. Swing two. Man, this is bad. Swing three. Break. Yep. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's another game in this series that took things you like from the previous games and gives them, gives them a facelift, gives them an upgrade. Did you like having multiple types of swords in the in the old Zeldas, like Link to the Past? Well, you got that in this one. Did you like having different tunics that had different colors and different attributes? You got that in this one. Uh, yep. A lot of your standard weapons were there. The hook shot came back. The boomerang was there. The arrows, the arrow, different arrow types were there. Uh, you still had bottles, still had all, a lot of these, these key themes that you remember from the old game are still there, but again, in a different new stuff. Yep. And added new stuff, stuff that worked and it was in a new environment. You were in Hyrule, but it was a different look on Hyrule because everything Mm -hmm. was, was 3d. Um, the meme culture of this game likes to bash on the fact that Navi, I mean, that people have Navi tattoos, and it's, it's oh, man, everybody remembers the most annoying thing in video games, right? Navi, that she, I said this before, she was not that annoying to me. She chirped in now and again, but I don't remember her. Also, everybody touts the uh, Water Palace as the, I want to, 
I want to say people misquote it. It's not the hardest dungeon in Ocarina of Time. I would slightly agree it is one of the more annoying ones. Yeah. Just because of the way the equipment system is, which I hear, I haven't played it, but the uh, Ocarina of Time 3D, the 3DS version, mm-hmm. uh, apparently they have a new way to equip in that game. So it makes quick, quick, quick equipping and quick unequipping easier. Yeah. So, yeah, going to a menu and having to swap the boots on and off and all that, yeah, that that gets tedious. But difficult? No, it's just time-consuming. Here's my thing about Ocarina of Time and the Water Palace. Uh-oh. I hear everybody talking about that level as whether they say they they if they tout it as difficult, I, I blow that out the water. It's, it wasn't difficult. It just took too long. Uh, a lot of people say that the game was tedious, and I'll say I agree with that. A lot of people say they got stuck on it. Now, that leads to the difficulty argument. I can't agree with that because this is where I got stuck in this game. In the Water Palace, whenever you, I believe, if I remember this right. You activate you, something, and it floods a room and lifts a block up. It lifts a mother, that block. If you know what I'm talking about, that was my sticking point in the water That's palace. everybody's sticking yes. point. Yes, there is a fucking and block. There are some people that just never have those two things click yep. to get that aha moment. There was some, there was, right when you step into that palace, you actually physically walk across this one block that looks different from all the other bricks around you. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm walking into, you're wowed because you're walking into a new dungeon. You're wondering where you need to go, what item you got to find, where's the keys, is that a locked door, what do I got to do to kill this enemy, what do I do with that enemy? I didn't think to look at the fucking floor below me. Nope. So I literally walked into this 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 walkway, and I never looked down, and I that block never came into my mind. Didn't take a note of it and anything. I was stuck on this dungeon for fucking ever, minutes, hours, Days. I don't fucking know. It was a long time, but I was stuck. Yep. And I, again, this was back before internet was a prominent thing. Uh, I didn't ask anybody for help. I could have, but I didn't ask anybody for help. And I just happened to fucking notice one day that here's this fucking block that's not where it's supposed to be. Or or there was a hole where there wasn't one earlier. <gasps> oh, shit. I look up and there's a fucking block. Oh, my God. Oh, yep. There are moments like this in in a lot of the Zeldas. This yep. isn't just Ocarina of Time. It's not just Link's Awakening. There, you got is, got by one of the you puzzles. Got, got. Somebody got you. Um, good story again. Ganon's back on in the scene, and it's uh, just like you said. There's a darker one. There's there's a darker theme to this. It's like oh mm-hmm. shit. There's this badass, and he rides this black horse, and oh, he's going to fuck up the world. He kind of pulled a Kefka and actually destroyed the fucking world a little bit. Yep. Um, good good things. Good things about this game. Uh, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have many negative things about to say about this game. If, there, if there's anything, you know, you can really say about it, it's that it was the evolutionary step forward in the exact same way as Link to the Past was. Yep. It was everything, just now you're in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a perfect representation of what the new Zeldas are going to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it set the baseline and the standard for which all other Zeldas would be judged in three dimensions past that. 
Yeah. If you make a two-dimensional Zelda, I'm going to compare it to Link to the Past immediately. Yeah. If you make a three-dimensional one, it's got to com- go up to Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Which is which it, which it is what every Zelda past Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past, everybody had, as a, at a minimum, those two games to go, man, y'all brung it. You, you got to bring it again. You have to do it again, and you got to do it better. If if I were to have one small negative trait about this game, it was that the game felt big, but it wasn't. Like mm. when you actually get into Hyrule Field, because of, again, you you haven't been faced with this 3D scenario. You haven't been faced with these 3D graphics and the, and the openness that they're trying to project to you. Yeah. But once you actually walk around Hyrule Field, it's kind of small. But it makes you feel like it's bigger. So yep, it's that whole. It's not really a negative. It's kind of a positive. It's the whole feeling of it, and that's. I mean, I remember uh, something for bigger on sword. I I remember having to leap backwards or roll mm-hmm. the entire time. Yep. You know, you have to do it as fast as you can to get where you're going as fast as fucking possible. Yep. Uh, there was some kind of timer that was ticking down, mm-hmm. and you just had you just had it <laughs> all the way across the field to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember uh, that, that's another thing. There was a there was a guy that's running the mailman. I think it was. It's running across. Mm-hmm. He's just sprinting all around Hyrule Field. Yep. Yeah. Just little things, little things in that game. Uh, I remember there was a graveyard where you could go underneath and you had to use your hook shot to race really f- you're racing a ghost that just floats to the level but you can use your hook shot and s- speedily go through this maze and, and win this race mm-hmm. um, God yeah I do remember the bigger on sword that it always went for that oh my favorite my favorite item in that game do you remember what do you remember what you picked as your standard outfit at the end of the game like what you decked link out as? Because I, I can. The red one? I had I left his boots the same. I had mm-hmm. the red outfit. I carried the, the, the red, I had the red gloves. I think you couldn't, you, you couldn't unequip them if I'm mistaken. No, I don't think so. And I had that, the fucking mirror shield. I love that mirror shield. The mirror shield is totally awesome. I mean, it had some cool effect where you could reflect light and, you know, do puzzles, but it just mm-hmm. looked cool to me. Ooh, the, the different enemy types. You're, you, along with the Z targeting, your your battle system is way different now. Yeah. The ability to lock onto an enemy and keep your vision and focus directly. So on now them. you could circle strafe an enemy. Yep. While hitting them with projectiles, and waiting for an opening to to jump into melee. Yeah. I will admit, I agree with Ego Raptor a little bit. About now, this is the older me though that says a lot of that battle is a lot of waiting. You know, mm-hmm. you get it to you get to an enemy and you're you're kind of dancing around him and you're waiting for him to move so you can move. But dude, when I first played this game, that was fucking great. Yeah, and the more enemies, that was more tactical than a lot of games. Yeah, and then you fight you fight these big ass knights way later in the game that have heavy fucking armor and they're just fucking doom doom. And you have to Z target them, and there's mm-hmm. a weak spot on their back, and they could what they could swing at you with their axe, but they could also hit you, or they could hit a fucking pillar and knock the pillar of bricks over, and oh man, great bosses. Uh, I always thought the boss of the um, the nightmare kind of level, the underground 
level. The one that was, uh, it was two big hands. It was on a fucking bongo. Remember that? Uh-huh. I always thought that boss was kind of weird, but <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's pretty cool. You know, it has its own little game, a little gimmick. That's cool. Nintendo pulled some of their weirdness out. Yeah, I'll take it. Nintendo, Nintendo's like, yeah, we're from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> good, good game. Now, I'm sure a burning question would be, uh, I guess I'll take the ability to ask from you guys, but if you want to ask, by all means do, uh, is, hey guys, but this is for both of us, What what is your favorite Zelda between the two? Do you pick, are you an Ocarina of Time, or are you a Link to the Past? Uh, I'm a Link to the Past guy. Are you? You yep. pick that? No, I think I hear a... I think I hear a podcast episode coming yeah, out. I think I'm a, I think I'm a link to the past kind of guy. We're gonna have to have a fucking battle. Maybe. I think I'm kicking it old school today. Yeah. Well, up up here on my top fifteen wall, which the audience can't see, my pick of the two. Mine was Ocarina of Time. Now, because you like blocky polygon. Whew. Oh snap. We're going to have this topic as, as one one day where I just go over my top 15, but mm-hmm. I just want you and I'm in the audience to know this was the second hardest fight that I had to fight on this fucking list was which of these two fucking Zeldas am I going to pick? I wish I had my notes to go back and find out because I made a personal subjective reason why I picked Ocarina over Linked the Past, but... I'm speaking for Adam as us as the end of time cast, period. Both of these two are great. Yep. If you play Ocarina of Time, you're going to, if you love these games, you're going to fucking love it. If you like Zelda, you're going to like both of those games. If you like these games, you're going to love Link to the Past. You you cannot lose with either one of these games. So good picks, good picks. What about, uh, what about uh, what about old Wind Waker there, Adam? Yeah, just so, go around the boat. Talk about you, Wind Waker. Uh, you try to you try to go around the boat and you you do stuff. I mean, sometimes you like pull a little fucking thing to to come off the boat. It's got like like a little crane on it. And you, you try to you try to find treasure. This is a this is your summary. Of yeah, yeah, it's uh, you go around the boat. This is Wind Waker for you in yep, a nutshell. Fuck that game. Oh I actually God. did not like Wind Waker at all. Wow. Because of the boat. Are you that asshole? I that am doesn't that asshole. Doesn't like Wind Waker just because of the I want you to know sailing. that in here, full disclosure, <sighs> full disclosure. At the same time I was playing Wind Waker, which was, you know, I was stationed in a foreign country, and. You know, I had nothing to do but play games, you know, when I was off. And uh, at the exact same time I was playing Wind Waker, I played Sui Coden 4. And they were both about boats. But, Adam, one was a remarkably better game than the other. Well, one was about a boat, and the other one was also about a boat. The boat was just what you used to travel around to That's get to the said. dungeons and the I, cities. I, don't, I don't think that it was a good fit for Zelda. I agree. It did, it did feel it, it felt a little forced. Yeah, it did. It, it felt like a gimmick, and because it felt like a gimmick, you know, I was just uh, uh, the whole time. I was like, I don't want to be on the boat anymore. I'm tired no. of being on the boat. 
So, so Wind Waker, another another 3D's type Zelda game, uh, had a whole different visual aspect to it. It had I a did, very. I did like the cell shading. Yeah, it did have a cell shaded, very cartoony uh, effect. But the the biggest draw of the graphics was Link himself because he had uh, his eyes and face in general. He was he was very emotive. Yeah. He could look left and right, and you could see what he was looking at. He could squint his eyes if he was if he was unsure about something. He could he make had this like angry a surprise face. look or he an angry surpri- look. Yes. So um, it definitely added to the to the feelings around Link when he was doing whatever he was doing. Uh, same same gameplay, folks. Here, guys, you're not missing anything out. There's there's still dungeon exploring. There's still bosses. There's still enemies, items. But yes, the biggest detractor for that game is that your primary mode of travel was on a boat. And the map, to its credit and discredit, was very large. I mean, there are several islands. But, but that all, just meant that the islands were farther the fuck apart. Yeah. that's the, On the plus side, there was a lot of dungeons and a lot of levels and a lot of everything spread out across this, this large... On the downside is, is that, that it's, it, you had to travel by boat and watch the boring-ass water go by... As you change the wind there. speed and oh, I mean, the yeah. wind direction. And let me let me play this song for the four hundred fucking thousand <laughs> time. Fuck, doodle, fuck, shit. Yeah, no game. Just, it it was it was too much. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. The 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 killing point in that game for me of why it took it down from even if it even if I would have it like an eight or a nine. What the part that took it down the most for me was I believe spoilers. At the end, when you actually had to find the Triforce and you had to go sail to like eight different points to go scrounge up the thing, I, I hope, yeah. I, hope I'm, if I got that wrong, I'm sorry, but you y'all know what I'm talking about. That that was like, man, this is tedious. This is redundant. This is this is silly. It was a throwback to the first Zelda. Yeah, but it was bad throwback. Yeah. Um, I will say again, spoiler. It did have, in my opinion, in my personal opinion. The best, I want to say, ending cinematic. It didn't. It wasn't a cinematic. The 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 staple in the end of the game. Whenever you finish it, spoilers. Whenever Link kills Ganon, it's this big epic fight. You know, Ganon comes out. And he's got this cool ass robe. And mm-hmm. He brandishes these two blades, and you got this fight going on in it. And I, I'm pretty sure Zelda helps you again in this yep, one. Yep, Zelda's like, oh yeah, let me just. Undress and distract Ganon. Yes, yes. The the yeah, young yeah, childlike Zelda. AO rating going. came from. The it was totally out of the blue. The childlike Zelda. Yep. And it's keep just, going. It was weird. It was really, really God. Japanese. That's the only way I can describe it. This is my partner here. Uh, at the end of the fight, whenever Link goes to deliver the final blow, he jumps up in the air and he stabs the Master Sword through Ganon's head. And Ganon, I think he kind of accepts what happens and he turns to stone. So it's implied that in his head is where the Master Sword lies now, which I thought that was just coolish. I was like, man, I can't wait till the next Zelda comes out. He's going to have to go ply the... The, the sword out of Ganon's head, and then and then Ganon's gonna come back to life. And why would you have to pull the sword out of his head and bring Ganon back? Oh, this is intriguing. So that game Never was to good. Be continued. Never to be continued. And it led well, one into- interesting thing about that, and mm-hmm. I, I, I just suddenly remembered they had a mobile mechanic to it. Oh yeah, it was a mobile. I, I think it was this game that had the, the dingle. Oh, the tingle, 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 the f- tingle, whatever his fucking name was. Oh, God. 
Yeah, you could put a Game Boy Advance up to it. Yeah. He could do like a treasure hunting kind of thing. Like, yeah. No, he could look on the map for you, I believe. And find I remember there was something to do with that because I had it yeah. in my... I had it like right beside me on the couch while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I really don't find this fun. And no. I stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the flagship like, character for that whole thing was Tingle. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, by the way, oh, we are so bad. Adam, we're so bad. We didn't talk at all about uh, Majora's Mask. Yep. That Did- was scary move. It was, it was, it was linked to the past, or not linked to the past. It was. Like an ocarina of time with a big scary moon. The end. <laughs> uh, this is probably where I'm gonna. I'm 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 getting killed over this podcast. I know, but I to this day have not played Majora's Mask. Oh man! I will get to it. I actually I I I did intend this year to get to it because I've been putting it off and it, it's it's it keeps getting prominent in my head. I want to play through it and get all the way through. That it. was a very interesting game yeah you, i'm not gonna spoil it? it i'm not gonna spoil it for you it's okay did you play it I, I did play it a little bit okay you can talk about it if you want i'm just uh, i'm just I'm, letting I'm the audience say know. that it, it, it a lot of things carried over from because they were so close to each other mm-hmm. but you definitely do want to play that mm-hmm. give it give it a shot and maybe hit us up on the podcast when you when you when you come up with an opinion. On well, I mean, I'm saying I'm saying this because we're strictly talking about Zelda, and mm-hmm. if you can talk about it even a little bit, spoiler free, by all means, tell 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 about it. But I have not. I was just telling the audience I haven't played. I, I, it, so. I will say this: that from what little I played of it, the mechanics are extremely similar. Mm-hmm. So, and that the one of the interesting things is that you revert back through the same three days over mm. and over and over and that over was what again. threw me off about that game that was initially when i was a teenager why i never played it mm-hmm. because when i had heard that it was time-based mm-hmm. i kept nobody told me the big butt of the game yeah. all they told me was this game is it's it, you got three days to do all this and i'm thinking in my head that's so not enough I'm, time to play zelda that's enough you telling me i gotta go through three dungeons and then six seven eight more and i've only got three in-game days to do this what if i want to get more items or get more of this nobody no this was if this was ever this was, if you knew me in the past this is your fucking fault nobody told me that hey you can do these things to take the time backward you can stop the clock or reverse the clock. You don't literally have that. There's no timer in yeah. the game. The the timer is a story time, and it can be manipulated. I didn't know that, so I just blew that game completely off. And now they're like, "No, there's a that had nothing. You're okay." Now I want to play it. So that's our talk for Ocarina of Time. Sorry about that, but yeah. Just capping off, going back to Wind Waker. I played that game. I finished it. I was like, what a way to end cap it. There's a sword in Ganon's head. Fucking God. I heard tale of a new Zelda being worked on. Hell yeah, I can't wait. Why am I going to have to pull this sword out? And then I played Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That game was pretty good. Uh, The main thing that stuck out to me to Twilight of, of Twilight Princess was the graphics. That was a massive graphical improvement. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I was looking forward to this being the... When I saw Wind Waker, I didn't... Just from the graphics, the way that Link looked, the way the graphics were, I didn't take that as the next true upgrade from Ocarina because I, j- I just couldn't. But it was still good. 
now Twilight Princess, it had Link in his 3D form, had him looking the way it was supposed to, and it and it did. Uh, just from he himself to his tunic to his looks to the weapons to the people, everything was a graphical upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can't go wrong here. There's there's dungeons, there's enemies, there's weapon upgrades, clothing upgrades, there's items, all this stuff. I hate starting this off with a detractor, but I have to say the detractor for me was the Link Wolf. To me, that felt just like we said about uh, about the boat travel system in Wind Waker. It didn't appeal. It felt like it was kind of forced. Yeah. I got it's it. It's kind of that, it, it, here's this tacked on feature that, that doesn't really fit with the rest of you know the series i mean i at least in wind waker you could say that they were trying to do something new yeah i guess but it just i don't know you didn't play twilight princess did you no i didn't it's it's a good game i mean if you take just the zelda parts it's good uh uh, just some cool things they do uh spoilers there's a dungeon in uh twilight princess that you don't realize until you're actually in it you're in somebody's house. You're in somebody's mansion, but they turn that into a quote unquote dungeon. Mm-hmm. So you know you got to go to different places and get items and keys all over the place. Same stuff, but it's not set up like you don't go into a cave and go into a dungeon. You're in somebody's house and you're like, oh, I got to do this thing for this guy. Okay, and you start to realize, oh, this is a this is a dungeon. That's that was pretty cool. Um, it did not start off <laughs> with Link pulling a fucking sword out of Ganon, so that whole thing from uh, the other Zelda game did not happen at all, and I felt oh, I felt kind of like, man, is it the unsheathing of the sword from yeah. Ganon's head? I thought like, that- if you look at the Zelda timeline, you know that I mean it is the most convoluted motherfucking timeline. Yes, it's like worse than Terminator. Yeah, and. Uh, in my opinion, I, I don't I don't care if there's a continuity for timeline. I, I again I treat Zelda. Well, I mean, you wanted him to pull the sword out of Ganon's head. I did, but there were probably eons that went by. Right, right. Uh, I treat I treat Zelda kind of like I do Final Fantasy, but even even to a better stance because while Final Fantasy, except for the actual sequels. No, Final Fantasy was the same. They didn't take place in the same world. They didn't take place with the same characters, none of that stuff. They had some themes like Sid and Chocobos and Moogles that carried over, but... Mm-hmm. You have the same the same recurring themes and characters and yeah. stuff like that. In Zelda, the characters, the characters were pretty much the same. The weapons were pretty much the same. The items, etc., so... Yeah, Twilight Princess was enjoyable. I played through it about two or three times. I've had a good time with it, but it doesn't stand out as a staple Zelda for me. Uh, again, Adam hasn't played it, so he can't talk to it, so it really just be me talking about it. And I say it's worth a play. Uh, great graphics, good music, and I mean they give you a they give you a story, a canon reason why he turns into to the Link Wolf. But again, yeah, that was that was around the time I was finally just like completely fed up with the consoles right and i started to, to make my way over the pc right you have your reasons to understand um it's a good play i wish i had more to say about it than uh, i can't think of it, it's it's at this point actually probably back in ocarina where the main thing you can say is man you're getting more of the same you're just getting better or you're getting just more you know it's not a redundant more it's mm-hmm. not a Mega Man more which to me is great because i fucking love Mega Man. it is my favorite franchise 
but you you get you get better graphics, you get more things. It's it, it's a good Zelda. It's it's worth a good play. It's a, it's I it's it's just as good quality for me as Wind Waker. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it up there in my top fifty, but it's worth a playthrough. Had fun with it. Uh, we only got a few Zeldas to talk about left. I mean, there's uh, let's see, there's the Minish Cap. Did you play that one? Did you play Minish Cap or Spirit Tracks? One of those two? Uh, I played the only other one I've played is Four Swords. Mm, I never played Four Swords. You, uh, t- you please talk about Four Swords if you have somehow Link gets split up into four people. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> it's all. A, it's a big multiplayer fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't really have a whole lot of um enjoyment out of it. It was very. It had. It, if you took Link to the Past's mechanics. And you tacked it into a multiplayer environment on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very, very meh. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. They they took things like, okay, well, I, I need two people to push this block, right, to right. solve this puzzle. I need I need three people to to stand on these tiles while one person picks this or you know holds the door open or something. Right. You never really had a. It, it didn't seem like a Zelda to me, in the in the traditional sense. Yeah, not not like something you could just lose yourself in. Mm-hmm. Which the other ones, you know, Ocarina, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, even you you can lose yourself. You can put hours and hours and have a damn good time in those games. Yeah, but not so much with this one. That that one was more of a a multiplayer esque. It was meant to be played by multiple people yeah. sitting in a row with their Game Boys. I think if you've played it, I haven't. You could play it solo, correct? You could. But that's it, the only way I could play it because nobody else had it. Right. And that's that was my turnoff, too. Is it like, who? Why would you want to play this by yourself? I got the game thinking it was going to be like everything else. Yeah. But it turned out not to be. Well, plus for me, as a, and this goes back to my childhood, even my childhood, teenage years, it's just the neighborhood. I, I wasn't a very fortunate gamer to have a lot of gamers around me. Mm-hmm. I did live in one part of a neighborhood in one of the places I lived at where I had a group of friends, but they were, except for one person that had a Sega Genesis, you know, he had like Mortal Kombat 2 and a few odds and end games. I, I imagine you as, as a child growing up in like, a uh what is it what was it the not christmas carol but where he's visited by the three ghosts mm. it had scrooge in it oh my god i can't remember what it's called christmas scrooge i don't know okay anyway scrooge i, guess. I imagine you being like tiny tim living in that wooden shack <laughs> you know what i mean i wasn't and that like poor. there's like there you're like Please, sir, may I have some more? And you're like eating your gruel while you're playing your fucking Nintendo. <laughs> well, with your wooden leg. My the the lack of games in my childhood, or the means that I had to go to get games in my childhood, weren't just based off of money. I mean, it was just I was a very solitary person, and mm-hmm. I just played games on account of your wooden leg. Yes, because of my wooden leg. Now everybody knows I have a wooden leg. Thanks. You're Thanks. Welcome. No, I just the, the my friends. They all were still in that outside mentality, even in their you know young teenage years. They all let's go, to go ride bikes. Let's yeah, they want to go ride baseball. bikes. I mean, don't get me wrong; that was still a cool part of my childhood. I lived literally right next door to my elementary school, mm-hmm. so I could I went 
all the time over there and played in their baseball field, played on the jungle gym. Mm -hmm. We'd get our bicycles and we'd ride all through the school. We'd climb the roofs and hang up on the roofs. You'd ride your bikes through the school? Yeah, through the school. Damn. Damn, now they know that was me. Fuck. That's fucking ruthless. It was. It's actually kind of horrendous. I do. I remember a memory where we were playing hide and go. We had this. We thought we were so cool by playing hide and go seek on our bicycles. So like, if you got caught, you know, you had to get on your bike and just race to wherever on your bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one day, uh, we all went ahead, and then we just, you know, somebody was counting and whatever, whatever. And I was riding way away from this area where it happened, but I just started hearing this fucking blood curdling scream from one of these kids, just like, whoa, shit. And we all went over there, and what he did was he put his, there was these two gigantic bushes by one of these uh, schoolroom doors, and he put his bike behind one of the doors, and he was going to hide behind and underneath one of the other bushes, and he fucking, I think he was trying to hide really, really quick. I think somebody was already counting, and he was, they were finished counting, and he was already in the chase mode, and he was trying to, like, hide really quick. Mm-hmm. So he swung his right leg, like he crawled, he was, he knelt down to go, get underneath the bush and then he put his left knee down on the ground and he like swept his right leg across the ground he didn't know there was glass there oh god it put a gash in him from the bottom of his knee all the way down to his ankle bone Damn. flayed his leg open like I, I had never seen that in real it looked I my I used to go fishing with my dad so I knew what it looked like to take a fish and just cut a fish and you see all the, the segments of the muscle mm-hmm. that's what I saw he wasn't gushing blood or anything. He, I guess he missed a lot of the veins. It was just splayed open leg down to the bone and just like a puddle of blood in there. So that was fucking freaky. Did you tell him walk it the fuck off and quit crying <laughs> like a bitch? Uh, no. The guy, actually, the guy who uh, I went and hung out at his house, the guy that had the Sega, I think his dad, I want to say his dad worked for the hospital in like the ambulance department or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they went and grabbed him and he brought his, uh, he brought his car down and they took him to the hospital. Uh, it was fucking freaky for a bunch of, you know, kids, you know, very young teenager kids to see. Damn. But um a lot of a lot of my a lot of my friends were all outdoorsy and I couldn't despite of how fun games were, I couldn't I could go have fun with them, but then trying to bring them into the house to play games, it just it never really worked. They played more you know, Mortal Kombat two here and there, but I never had that childhood where it's like, hey, man, all right, cool, cool. So we play some baseball on the field. Cool. Hey, come over to my house and come play this. Yeah. And plus, I didn't have a bunch of multiplayer games anyways. But hey, come on, come play like Ninja Turtles. And Nobody all. wanted to sit around playing games Exactly. Back then. So uh, a lot of people. That's not what the Q kid did. So for those of you that had those childhoods where you had a, you know, a big neighborhood, a lot of friends, and you led a cool multiplayer life, I didn't really have that. Now, when I went to visit my grandmother, uh, I met the friends that had the 64. Nintendo 64 has four controllers, so I got to play with two friends. And, you know, we that's where my GoldenEye and Star Fox and Mario Kart multiplayer life came from. Mm. But I don't have that that typical Street Fighter, hey, we came over all the time and competed. You know, that Tecmo Super Bowl multiplayer life. Um, yeah, so me playing a game like, like Zelda, it's, it's the same way. I, I mm. played single player games and had fun with it. And I can get lost in the in the in the multi in the single player world. When I see when I saw Four Swords, I got the concept. It was easy to understand. But again, nobody ever told me that you could play that game solo. I should have known that. Like why wouldn't Nintendo ever make a game that was strictly forced you to play four players? But I just saw it and I was like, I'm I don't have a man, I was kinda uh, I don't have a I don't have friends. Nobody gonna play this to me. Yeah, it was it was barely playable. Yeah, you know, single player. It was barely. 
playable. But and it, I think there were actually some parts you couldn't get. Yeah. I imagine it was fun. I never played it though. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so jarring to have those those mechanics like okay it takes four of us to lift this fucking block mm-hmm. you know yeah um no i don't i don't why don't do i that. just have that sword that lets me i mean that uh that bracelet from ocarina of time that lets me lift gigantic fucking boulders yes i could just use that oh uh, i can't okay <laughs> you know there's other there's two other games we didn't talk about i don't know if you played it in one of them did you play the oracle games oracle of ages oracle of seasons no i did not oh uh-huh. Well, I mean, I did. I played through both of those once, just once a piece. Uh, again, that really quick talk about this one. If you liked Link's Awakening, if you for one, if you like Zelda, period, and if you did like Link's Awakening, there's a, there's two more Link Awakening type games for you. Again, more of the same. You get more dungeons, more 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 people, more weapons, more items, cool stuff. Oh man, yeah. Speaking of other games that we haven't mentioned, there are two. No, we're not. No, we're not. There are two. No, we're not. Philip CDI no, versions not. of no, Zelda. No, we're not getting that typical, oh, let's talk about the shitty Zelda games. Those undisputed <sighs> kings of shitty Zeldas. <laughs> have you played them? No. And neither have I. No. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. We don't uh, want to talk about how bad of a no. decision that was. So another Game Boy type uh, Zelda game. Did you ever play Minish Cap? I don't think you did. Uh, Minish Cap. Now, the the cool thing about Minish Cap is, uh, oh, you know what? I think didn't Capcom help make uh, Oracles too? Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Capcom helped make helped create some of the games for the Zelda franchise. They, they did the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, and they did the Minish Cap. I believe this one was on the Game Boy Advance. Updated. Is that the one where he turns into a train? No, that would be Spirit Tracks. Ah. Yeah. No, Minish Cap was the one where he gets he finds this little elf that can um he, he finds a hat that can let him turn into a small pint sized character and he can interact with smaller beings. He can also uh. interact with bigger things in the world and move them around. Um good game. I've played through that one a couple times. Really good graphics, really good mechanics, really good puzzles. Uh just just an all around good game, worth a playthrough. I would tout I would tout that one more than I would uh Twilight Princess, maybe not as. I'd probably put Wind Waker a bit above it, but it's you, you can't go wrong playing it. Good game, solid playthrough. I never played Spirit Tracks. I don't know anything about it. I'm guessing you didn't either. Um, hopefully, it's good to some degree because it's a Zelda game. I don't think it would ever come to. It's the cl- very, very different from what little bit I saw. Yeah, me too. It was. Uh, yeah. So another one of those things where they're just experimenting with this shit and they need to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the last one that I can think of, boy, I hope I'm not leaving one out. I really don't. I don't think I am. Is a uh, Skyward Sword, which I haven't played. It's in there on my shelf. I'll get to it. Um, nothing. When I say that I haven't played Metroid uh, Other M because of the voice acting, that's a pretty pretty hard nail in the coffin for me to not play that game. I will play it eventually. I'm not that hard of an ass, but I hear too many bad things about Skyward Sword to it, that's why I haven't jumped on it. Same here. It's a uh, Zelda it, game. I need to it, play it, but it looked different and then I heard nothing but trash talk about it. Yeah. And so to me that's uh it's just like 
Well, I know that Zelda's come in two varieties. The most awesome game you've ever played and complete trash. Mm-hmm. So and there's only two for those, so this is the third. Um I don't I don't think it, it I don't believe it's that bad. I don't I don't I would hope that it's not that bad. I, I do I will say another reason why I haven't really got around to it is because I'm not that big on games that have a gimmick for a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And by this one I mean the Wiimote controls. Yeah. Uh if that's not a predominant feature of the game, if that's not a standard like you have to use Wiimote motion controls to play it, and then I'll give it its pass and I'll play it and I'll enjoy it. Oh, but I think you do. Uh, if you have to, then that's another. I I, I don't want to have to muscle around a control scheme that I don't want to play with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a good example. I don't know. Have you played Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Wii? I have not. It's a pretty good game. If you like the Donkey Kong Country series at all, it's really good. But there was a there's a mechanic in there that okay in the Super Nintendo version of Donkey Kong Country, he could squat down and he could slam his hands on the ground. He could mm-hmm. use that. He'd to do a little ground pound. Do maybe. a little ground pound. Well, a, in the fucking Wii version of this game, he you have to fucking shake the remote to do that, and you actually you have to shake the remote to do a couple things. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a control scheme that you can switch to to where you don't have to do that. If Skyward Sword has something like that where I just don't have to use the motion controls, then it get it gets two more stars. But if I have to, I feel like I'm forcing myself to muscle through this shit to play the game. And I don't want that. I don't want that from a Zelda game. I just nope. want to play it shouldn't it. be a chore. Yeah. I just want to play the I hate game. it when any game does that for any reason. Yeah. Where I mean like DS games do it. Nintendo's really bad about it. Mm-hmm. But they'll they'll put you know, they'll put whatever it is, a little gimmick mechanic in there that they can yeah. to to do stuff like that. And I'm glad that so far the Switch doesn't look like it's going to have a whole lot of gimmick mechanics. Yeah, I've only heard one bad thing about, you know, gyro controls in it, but apparently that's only happened in one or two of the, you know, 100, 150-something mini dungeons. Yeah. That's cool. That's a ratio I can totally live with. But but if it's like, hey, there's eight main dungeons in the game, and, and you need four this for of them, every you have room. to use this gyro. Bo- and, oh, thank you. Blech. So that's our talk for Zelda for today. Uh, the long and short of it is there are a shit ton of great games in this series and in this franchise. If you haven't played them, uh, if you haven't played any Zelda, you owe it to yourself at a minimum to play Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. But in all honesty, uh, aside from the two CDI games that you'd actually have to go way the fuck out of your way to play anyway, and aside from, oh, maybe Spirit Tracks, I think the rest of them are all solid uh, and, and Skyward Sword because I have no... I have no I haven't played Wind Waker. No, Wind Waker's all about, good. All about swimming. You want to fight? Wind Let's Waker's fight. okay. <laughs> I mean, now, now, now that now that right there goes back to what I was just saying. That, that just kind of made me a hypocrite because you do have to muscle through the fucking sailing. You do. You do. But uh, the, everything else around it is okay. Every, everything else was okay. Anything that was on land, yeah. Thumbs up. Dungeons, good. The everything else, good. Just you, you got you got to sail quite a bit, folks. So be prepared for that. But yes, you owe it to yourself to play these Zelda games. They are awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, before we head out of here, do you want to take a couple questions? Sure. All right. Cool. All right. First one's coming from a guy named Chris. Says, 
I'm debating on buying Zelda for the Wii U, which I own, instead of the Switch. Thoughts? Should I do it, or should I wait, since I'll eventually buy a Switch? Well, if you're going to buy a Switch, you should buy it for the Switch, Mm -hmm. if that's your eventual plan. Uh, I would, like I said the other day, you know, Wii U's didn't get bought by many people, so me and you are like the only two people in the universe that have one. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm planning on, you know, sticking mine in a box and leaving it in the attic for 30 years until some collector comes and pays me, you know, a king's ransom for it. <laughs> um, but you can feel free to wear yours out, play a Zelda on it if you want. Yeah. Uh, I, I I kind of agree with him. Uh, I am not in the boat you're in. He Adam is in the boat you're in. He owns a Wii U. And he yep. has a choice. He could he could go out right now and go drop sixty five bucks and get Zelda Breath of the Wild. He could be playing it today. Yep. Uh, I do not have a Wii U, nor do I have a Switch yet. Uh, for you, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, I've actually seen gameplay footage of the Switch. Breath of the Wild and the Wii U version side by side, and you can see the graphic limitations, but we're talking about the Wii U. Okay, we're not talking about the Switch versus the 64 or the Saturn or the PlayStation. It's not going to be. It's not going to be like, oh my God, I got the short end of the stick. You're going to be like, oh, well. You're you're only missing maybe 1.2 teraflops. Oh God, teraflops. Uh, You're going to (laughs) see. if you put them side by side, you can see, okay, well, there's a lighting effect that I'm missing, or there's a shadow texture that's not quite the same, but it's the same fucking game. If you're not that, if you're not that person that's hard up to have the absolute newest graphics and has to have the top quality edge, and you already have a Wii U, as opposed to spending 380 bucks, just go spend the 6570 and get Breath of the Wild for the Wii U. But he's already going to spend the money to buy the Switch, he says. Well, he said, I'll eventually get. Who knows when event- I will eventually get a Switch. But the thing yeah. is, I don't, have a, I don't have either right now. So no. to me, I would say it depends on your timeline. If you are saving money or have money available and you feel like you're going to buy a Switch within the next month or two, sure. But if it's, you know, you're, you're pushing it down the line, you know, you may be later this year or, you know, longer than that before you get a Switch. Dude, the game's out now. It and is. You have access to it play just, the it game. It just really now. depends on whether or not you're chomping at the bit to play this new Zelda, which yeah. you probably should be because it looks like it's pretty good. Yes. Uh, yeah, we should talk a little bit more about about this. I, I've, I've been good. I haven't been watching gameplay. All I hear is my typical cast subscriptions and my typical YouTube channel people. I spoiler free. I've just listened to them talk about it. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I just hear the same thing echoed that the Nintendo's got it back. They're doing a good thing with Zelda. It's awesome. It's open world. Couple key points. One was like I told you earlier. They have this. They have a couple little mini dungeons that use that gyro shit, and people yeah. say that's kind of grating. But that percentage. Oh God! Imagine what they do with the fucking Wii U. That percentage of dungeons and how many times you have to use that in comparison to every fucking thing else in that game completely is everything else outweighs it. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a, I don't give a fuck. I got past these one or two dungeons. I moved on with my life and enjoyed a ten out of ten game. So mm-hmm. cool. Uh, this is something that was cool to me. Is a lot of games talk about how their open world is straight open world. I don't know if Nin- I never read this press release or heard Nintendo say this, but apparently it was touted back in the day that in Breath of the Wild you could start the game 
and you could go all the way to the final fucking boss of the game. You could go to the last dungeon if you wanted to. Apparently, you can do that. You can get out of the starting little area, and you it'll take you a long fucking time, and you gotta go through a lot of shit, and hopefully you don't die from all these enemies that can one-shot you. Yep. But you can literally step foot and go into the last dungeon of the game. That's fucking cool. That shows a level of care and a level of, hey guys, it's open. It's wide open. Um, Damn. I hear a lot of people saying that they're putting hours, they put like 50, 60 hours in this game, and they haven't beat the first boss because they haven't found the first boss. Damn. Uh, I hear people saying that they, you know, just like the shit that we talk about with Witcher, like they, they go on this quest to this thing to go find this heart piece or do the, whatever the fuck it is in the game, and they get two hours later, they're, they're lost in doing these seven other things. And they say this happens over and over and over and over again. Um, apparently, it is a huge open world with a lot of, it's just a lot of care. It's a lot of open, ready, available for you to do stuff. Also here, there's a big difficulty curve. Like people say they've died at this, in this Zelda more than any Zelda before. Good, cool, bring challenge. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, I I've hear, heard people getting struck by lightning. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I said they got struck by lightning. Yes. Yep, they got struck by lightning, and it, it apparently like something happens, and like you see a thunderstorm, and mm-hmm. and you got to take off like all your metal objects yep. before the lightning hits you or something like little that. Touches, just like we were yep. talking about earlier, little touches. I heard somebody saying that they went into this little uh, this little moblin camp, and he was trying to pick this one guy out to fight him, and he and he got him off to the side to fight him, and apparently either. I want to say he was fighting with a spear. The Moblin was fighting with a spear, and he threw it at Link, and Link got out of the way, and the Moblin had no weapon. So he was like, I'm about to kill you now. The Moblin just looked around and picked up a fucking rock and was starting to fight him with a rock. Like, that's that's cool. Yeah. That's little thinking things that are just that just add to the game. So um, I am not in the same boat as you, Chris. I don't have either one of these consoles. But here's my conundrum, is that apparently... A Wii U is about two hundred fifty bucks. The yeah. Switch is three hundred. The game is still sixty five either way. So, for me, if I have to put money down, I'm probably gonna drop the extra fifty and just get a Switch and just get the damn game. Uh, I just don't have money right now to get either one. So, if I was in your boat with the the madness that I want this game, I would get Zelda right now any fucking way you can get it. So if you think you're going to buy a Switch in the next week or two, eh, put it off. Month or two, eh, I don't know. But like, you know, more than six, seven months, bruh, go get Breath of the Wild right now. Have fun with that game. Especially before everything happens to get spoiled for you, Jesus. Yeah, that won't take too much longer. Yeah. But I don't know. I also hear that there's so much shit in this game. I mean, it would take wiki pages out the yin-yang to spoil shit. There's just shit all over. This game is just, it is Filled with stuff. It is or like, they can just kill you in one sentence, like they did for me on, you know, Metal Gear. Uh, what was the sentence? Oh, I don't know if you spoil it. Yeah, this is kind of a spoiler right here. Spoiler? What sentence? Uh, you spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for Metal Gear what? Metal Gear uh, Phantom Pain. The Phantom Pain. Meta- oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, he remembers it. No, I got you don't you don't have to say it we don't have to spoil that either. So Adam was looking we were actually having a Metal Gear discussion one day at work. We were talking about Metal Gear Solid stuff back and forth. Yep. And uh it it just happened to be we something needed to be explained. 
So I, I was like, okay, well, let me just pull up the Wikipedia on this real quick. And I just thumbed through it. Five seconds later, I read a the a, the most devastating spoiler I had ever. I was like, man, you know, I couldn't possibly find anything earth-shattering. <laughs> and before I realized what I had read, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. This this is this is why it's a shame on us to have to because this thing wasn't spoiled right it didn't have a spoiler no. tag it wasn't nope. blocked out blacked out nothing. nothing he was just reading it's like blah 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 oh by the way ending of the game <laughs> yeah, it's like everything else in the game in in this context now you can't go back yep yeah and it was like well uh what yeah that now if if it's a movie coming out I've been I've been trying this new thing where I go internet black for a movie. Like I, I just, if when Avenge when infinity war comes out round about that time, mm-hmm. I'll be off social media. I'm not looking at reading anything. Cause I just want to watch it. It's kind of hard to do that for a game because yep. the game, you, you, you have to get it when they get it or try your best not to read shit or hope that everybody has things not, you know, spoiler tag or whatever. But, uh, so yeah, that's our answer, buddy. I hope, I hope that helps. Uh, next question comes from Greg. It says, hey, guys, I want to hear about your favorite games you knew nothing about going into. By that, I mean anything obscure that Grandma bought you out of the discount bin, something you bought just because you liked the cover art, something you just said, fuck it, I'll try this out, and it blew you away. Man, any games that you can remember where you were like... Mm. I remember. I remember one specifically. I've already told you about it. <clears throat> I got the original Sui Coden out of a bargain bin. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. You sure did. I got the original Sui Coden at as a throwaway game. Mm-hmm. And it damn sure wasn't the cover art because if you've ever seen the original Sui Coden's cover art, it was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" And I looked at the back <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I'll try this. Looks like an RPG." <laughs> It changed my life later. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. Mom was game. mom was the same way with with that friend giving it to me. Like it was just I just knew it was an RPG. I was like, oh sure, I'll play this thing. Yeah, I probably I'll, won't like it. And <laughs> I can't even remember what the other games were. They were triple A titles that were brand new at the time, and mm-hmm. I can't even remember what the hell they were. Yeah. And you know they've long since gone, but I've held on to Zuko. I remember one was. Uh, uh, again, it was in that same scenario. It was Twisted Metal 2. I knew nothing about the Twisted Metal series at all. And I was like, all I gathered from the art and from from what I heard, it was a racing kind of game. Because I mm-hmm. saw, ve- I associated vehicles with racing. Yeah. Oh, God. That's not what Twisted Metal 2 is about. Not at all. No, you have weapons on your vehicles and you blow the fuck up out of everybody There is else. a race car. Yeah, there is a race car. <laughs> ain't what it's there for. Um I also the the biggest the the biggest part that that bl- really blew me away the game itself was fun. What blew the game away for me was the endings. Oh yeah, Calypso is a mother. I am Calypso. I am Calypso, and I thank you for playing Twisted Metal. Is that Sean Connery? That was Sean. That was my Sean Calypso. Sean Calypso. <laughs> uh, just an example. Just one example. Spoilers. I think we're getting better at this. Yeah, a little bit. There's an ending in Twisted Metal 2. Really? Where... So there's an ending in <laughs> Twisted Metal 2. You fucking dick. <laughs> of uh, 
they're these two fucking teenage mutant I wanna, turtles. No, no, damn it! I want. I, I don't want to say they're they're just like these punk kids, and they they racing. They're just like two stoner dudes. Yeah, it's just two punk kids. They're racing this monster truck. And the thing about Twisted Metal too is there's this guy just like the first one that says, "Hey, if you win the Twisted Metal competition, you come to me and I'll give I'll grant you any wish." He is basically the equivalent of Satan in this game. He'll give you what you want. Oh, he'll, he'll he will, yeah, but be a, careful what you. If wish you ever for. played Corrupt a Wish, yes, this is what it's like. Um, be careful what you wish for, definitely. Uh, so these two kids they win the race and they go to they they meet Calypso on top of the skyscraper. And and he's like, well, you've won the tournament. What would you? What, what is your wish? And they go, hey, we thought about this for a while, Calypso. And, uh, yeah, we we want the ability to fly. And he goes, well, granted. And they're like, oh, cool. All right, man, let's go. Yeah, man, let's go. And they go running off the the the, uh, the, the edge of the skyscraper. Edge of the skyscraper. And they go running and they go, yeah, and they jump off the edge, and they f- start falling. They're like, wait a minute. This ain't right. What's going on? And they smack on the floor, dead. And it pans back up to the roof. And Calypso's like, hmm, what a shame. And he holds up two airplane tickets. Too bad these airplane tickets aren't non-refundable. <laughs> I am Calypso. Oh. Yeah. There yeah. are multiple endings in that game. Oh, yeah. There's always something terrible. Yeah. But the gameplay, that, that's not to take away from the gameplay. It's, it's action combat. You're in a car. You're strapped with some type of vehicle, some type of special weapon. And there's seven other racers out there. And you got to go through different parts of the world and kill them. Uh, also, destructible environments were in that game, too. Yeah. You can knock down the, the Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty the, the Eiffel Tower, yep. uh, Leaning Tower, I think, too. Was there were all kinds of there little were, things. There's that you a could fucking just, giant glacier that you ride on top of that slowly melts as you fucking are on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good game. Oh, man. Can you think of any other ones that are something that you didn't know nothing about or uh, that kind of took you by surprise and then blew you away? Uh, well, pretty much every game I ever played. <laughs> No, <laughs> that really helps. Uh, good, there, good. there were a lot of games like back in the SNES days where I would just pull them out of a bargain bin and, and snatch them up. Yeah, Final for, Fantasy on, was another one for me. Cheap. I yeah, I got a couple of the Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I would, you know, I pulled them out and I was like, "Well, what? Is, what is this? You know, I've never played anything like this before." And uh, it was like Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. We pulled that out of a bargain bin. Didn't know nothing about the fighting games. Didn't know games nothing about fighting know. games. Uh, you know, I I played it a couple of times, and I really wasn't that into it mm-hmm. the first couple of times I played it. Mm-hmm. I played it, and then uh, I met some kids down the street that wanted to play. And they heard I had Street Fighter, so I brought it over to their house, and, and we just kept playing it. Yep. You know, and then he started being the guy that got all the games before I did, because oh, I was like, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> this one game... It's kind of cool, you know. I kind of like it. It's all right. Mm-hmm. But they were like obsessed with this fucking game. Yeah. And I was like, and they were like, eh, let me borrow it. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what do you got? What are you going? What are you going to let me borrow? I could think of a couple other ones. I remember uh, Earthworm Jim. I don't even know why I picked that game up. Yep. But man, that <laughs> so much fun with Earthworm Jim. And I remember. I hope this I hope this podcast reaches reaches 
these two dudes, but those two guys that I told you about, I played games with at my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. We had rented Earthworm Jim 2 one night. Oh, yeah? And I don't know, have you played through Earthworm Jim 2 by chance? I have played through the first one, but okay. not the second one. There is a level in this game called um, Puppy Love. So if anybody out there that hears that name and to play this game, oh, you know God. what I'm talking about. Let me try to lay this out for you. So you're on a side-scrolling area, and on the left is the enemy, Psycho. <laughs> He's a psychotic crow. You get it? Uh, he takes bombs, or he's actually taking he's taking puppies from this mad puppy villain type deal of the game. Mm-hmm. The dog, this dog, has two personalities. He's this really cool little quiet puppy, but if you piss him off, he gets really big and mutated and fucking mauls you to death. Yeah. So he's on the right side of the board, and he's at a he's at a he's over a doghouse with a funnel. Okay, and you're Earthworm Jim in the middle with this big like bouncy cushion, and on the left side, Psycho is taking the pup his puppies and is throwing them across the board. So Jim has to take the marshmallow thing and catch it and bounce the puppies across the board to go into the funnel so you're, you're helping the dog catch his babies. Yeah. So, I mean, you get the mechanic of it. He, he starts throwing two at a time. He throws two and then waits. And throws, so you've got to bounce back and forth, and there's, mm-hmm. a, you know, there's timing. To you're it. scrambling like Sylvester exactly. the cat. Yeah. Well, or the way you beat the Tom level. Tom and Jerry. Yes. The way you beat the level is eventually, who knows why, Psycho pulls out a bomb and throws it. And when, when Jim bounces the bomb into the funnel, the dog goes, oh, shit, and takes the bomb out and throws it back at Psycho. Psycho ducks into his little house, and the fucking bomb goes off. And you hear, Brack! and fucking feathers fly everywhere. <laughs> Me and these two dudes, we laughed. And we were laughing so hard. I woke, I woke my grandmother up. She came in there and she's like, what's, what's all this yelling? And we were, I mean, tears, red face, dying laughter. I will never forget that about that game. Damn. Um, another one was Mario RPG. Even though I played Mario games and even though I knew what Mario games were, I was not prepared for how awesome that game was because you didn't get Mario with that game. You got an RPG and it did it so well. Yep. So well. Great music, great story, great characters. Everybody wants Gino back. I want Gino back. Um, really great game. Blew me away. Got any other ones? Can you think of any other ones? Not off the top of my head. Let's see. Uh, that's going to mind. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a rough one to just spit out the off the hip. I think from now on we'll probably uh we'll screen s- these things. Yeah, we'll both. I I kept these a secret just to see uh, if, how we wanted to do it, and we'll probably screen the questions better between us, and we'll have a better formulated answer for you as best we can. Anyway, we don't like doing homework around here. Nope. <laughs> so that's uh, why we're doing a podcast instead yeah. of inventing the cure for cancer. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you both for the questions. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, that's probably going to do it for us for episode three of the end of time. I want to thank you two again for bringing the questions. Thank you for everybody right now that's listening and stuck through this podcast. Oh boy. I'm looking at the time now and it's going to be a long one, but Hey, it's a Zelda episode folks. We, uh, we got to We got to put some time into it and we talk about probably one of the most predominant best franchises out there in gaming period, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, you can find us on the Facebook page where we share this at. Please, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, leave us something there on the page. You can send us messages through there if you like. Make sure you're following the channel for the latest updates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We got a Twitter. You can tweet at us there. Send us your comments, questions, suggestions there. You can also email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No crazy spelling needed. Just put that in there and send us your questions, comments, concerns, anything. You got any questions for us? Anything you want us to list? Uh, anything you want us to talk about? Some gripes, complaints? We'll take it all. We don't, we don't want uh, I wanted to add also, uh, most people, uh, most casts and channels and whatnot, they have a way to physically mail people things. Um, we don't have a P.O. box set up right now. That's probably a little bit down the ways for us. If for whatever reason you do want to send us anything, you can message us on the page or you can message me or Adam if you find us. Uh, we'll let you know where to send something if you do want to send something. Uh, for now, that's not a big thing. We, the only thing we, we ask of you guys is you just please help us share, uh, put the word out there. We try to make the SoundCloud a bit easier to find us, so hopefully now you should be able to tell anybody to just go to SoundCloud and look for End of Time. You can also just link the Facebook page or link the Twitter or just link the podcast in general itself. Uh, so that's going to be it for End of Time cast. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you. We have another episode planned for very soon. we got a, we got a topic oh, already man. ready to go. Uh, hopefully my mic. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, thank you again for sticking through all the early episodes. If you did, we got a we got new we got new production quality coming again. This might be the last one for a while, but we got it. We want to make sure that uh, it's not ear rape for you guys as much as we can possibly stand and spoiler free. Regular rape is fine. Ear rape not so fine. Yeah, is that what you want the title to be? That's what I want. Regular, regular rape is fine. Regular rape. That's is not fine. what the title is going to be. That's going to be the title. I'm sorry, no, this is why you're not allowed to edit this stuff. Damn it. Episode you're not, you're episode not. three, rape is fine. <laughs> Adam, Adam, we need to talk about these titlings, brother. Uh, we also have a little bit of a spoiler alert. We have a guest cast coming up very, very soon. Uh, we've coordinated with somebody to help us uh, come on here and give some uh, other commentary. So, hey, who knows? Maybe if you send comments and you'd like to be a guest on, we might be able to get you on. Who knows? The future, the future is unknown right now. The future is forsaken. Mm-hmm. What does a man? Oh, podcast makers, what's a band? Oh, oh, God, I'm pretty sure that that's not, that's not how that goes at all. <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks again for listening. I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. All right, good night, everybody. Godspeed. <laughs>